It was his nickname one time. Uh, like on Magic Online? No, <laughs> just here with us. Japanese Playboy? Okay. Dude, the only change I've made to um, the Magic Online con was spelled like Xelatorix, but all in caps. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Capsule letters are cool, bro. <laughs> was it like the hardest decision for you to, to be like, oh, how, how do I like style Xelatorix? Oh, yeah, it was also probably like the person at Magic Online was like, like what like what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> like, wh like, why is this necessary? <laughs> do you know how you can spot somebody who's like a real old school on Magic Online? The Birds of Paradise avatar. Oh that's, a, that's a, oh, that's that's a new player. Oh, really? Now that that's the wait. That's the first uh, yeah, avatar yeah. you get, right? Yeah, but like I think a lot of the new players have a newer card avatar. They change it quickly, but like some people have just had Birds of Paradise forever. The thing is, the P well, I, I I guess I I've been using my my avatar and Magic Online for over ten years now as well. But that that still doesn't come anywhere close to being super old school. Because the people who are really super old school, there's two things. You can have a space in your name. Like you notice, like when you make an account these days, you cannot have a space mm. in your name, but oh, some people no. can. And also some people, and I wasn't there. I only have this like on basically on second hand account or something. If you have the name of a magic card on Magic Online, for example, uh, Andrea Cunio, his nickname on Magic Online is Gainsay, right? The, the counter spell, the counter is another blue spell. That Those were given out. If, if I... Remember correctly what I was told is that at the very beginning when Magic Online was like, I don't know, beta, whatever, you didn't pick your nickname, you were assigned a nickname and all of the assigned nicknames were card names. So he yeah. got Gainsay, which is like super cool, right? It's not like Stinkvidemp or something. I guess that, that wasn't around back then as well. <laughs> or was it? Actually, it was. I um, don't know about this. I think he's like been called that on other platforms for a long time before. I'm uh -huh. not sure though. He's always been associated with Gainsay to me, so I'm not sure yeah. it was like assigned. Like imagine like if you if you open up an account and like you get assigned like let's say brain maggot, for example. <laughs> Hell <laughs> yeah. And, you, and you're like you're like I didn't I didn't sign up for this. Hashtag this is my life now. <laughs> oh man, I would love to be called Brain Maggot. I might make a new account for that now. You yeah, know Cloud what? Cloud not so cool anymore. I've I've been thinking about making a new account and it might just be Brain Maggot. I love that. Because <laughs> that must be such a such a hassle. Like like if you don't like it, you gotta like delete your account and make a new account, and you do, you gotta like repeat this process until you get a decent card, right? Like imagine I'm, getting Thalia Guardian of Thraben. Oh my goodness, dude! I would throw up. <laughs> <laughs> they they pay you to make the account. Yeah. With oh that, goodness. everybody, hello and welcome to Everyday Eternal Number One Hundred and Fifty Five, your favorite, most deceptively named biweekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our Patreon, Colin Garassi, who actually upgraded their Patreon pledge. Thank you so much for that hey if you want to support the running of the show directly you can support us on patreon.com slash everyday channel my name is julian knapp i'm here with callum smith and brain maggot aka Savatarix, <laughs> and guys how's it going it's been another two weeks since our last episode i've been working a lot on on the uh, switch to the new rss feed and the new website which is literally days away from coming out so there's like a 50 50 chance this still comes out on the old rss feed or on the new one i, I will see in the next clip of days but exciting. this is this is exciting exciting times for us. Even though I guess for a lot of people nothing will change except for seeing our <laughs> beautiful faces on the website. Very nice. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Just um, I got to play some Vintage on the weekend, which was really fun. I played Heck some. Yeah. I played some Urza. Like uh, Francis, shout out to Francis again. He's been running these kind of like roughly quarterly Vintage tournaments. This was the second one, and there's 23 players, which is really cool for Vintage for just like one city and not like a big European kind of event thing. And so I was going to build a deck that 
Patrick, aka, AKA Kinder, recommended, which had like Sauron's Talismans and then four Chaos Defilers with workshops. And then I just completely forgot about the tournament until Sunday morning and I woke up. I was like, oh yeah, this has got to go. So I just quickly went to Goldfish and I found a deck with Urza in. And so I built eight cast, which was from Montolia. And I managed to win. It was great. Awesome. That, that was the, the London leg no, the London Vintage Quarterly or something? Yeah, some of that. I don't think it has like an official name, but it says London Vintage Tournament on the trophy, so let's go with that. Oh, you got a trophy as well? Uh, yeah, of course you do. Dude, we give away damn. we give away trophies in London. I don't know why, but somehow, Kai, have you ever gotten like a trophy at like a, at a small or mid-sized event in Germany? I No, I don't have any trophy at my apartment. Guys, sort it out. It's like, they're not very expensive, <laughs> I promise you. I buy them. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 Kai, didn't you, didn't you win Prague Eternal? Uh, oh, yeah, that's the only like quote-unquote trophy I got, but that's not oh, an that's actual big, trophy. Right? It's a playmat. It's a play. Oh. It's a hand-drawn playmat. Sort it out, guys. I have like 10 trophies on my shelf. Oh, dude. <laughs> Sort it out. You need to, you you need to get, win some more. Like you got so many, like you can almost like start to reuse them maybe for some for some other event. Maybe. Like, <laughs> so after ten years, like when nobody notices, like you scratch off the date and you just you like, know what? give it I out act, again. I, I actually did that once. <laughs> really? <laughs> Tell us. Um, Tell us about it. For, for the last event before COVID, I already had ordered the trophies, and then they went to waste. So I think one of the events back, like I found them in a bag, just be like, oh shit, I wasted four trophies. So I just gave. The winners extra trophies <laughs> it's like yeah have these as well dude, i have like too many trophies here for part like here you got one you know like, dude, you, you got first place and you got first place again twice yeah yeah you got first place in 2019 yeah first place in 2022 <laughs> you're amazing a quick question a quick question to you guys like what like what's your opinion on like those trophies that like go around from player to player you know uh if you have like a big belt thing it's kind of cool i just like buying trophies like they're just cool for someone's keep. They put on their shelves, and winning an event, no matter what any size, is a really cool accomplishment. So it's just a nice reminder, and it's up to the players what they do with it. Then, so I don't know. When I started bringing trophies back, this was I only started with them just maybe it was the beginning of COVID. I got trophies, or we did a few at the end, but they're very well received. Like people love a little memento. So being able to have to, having to give it back is a bit lame, I think. I see, yeah, I, see. I agree. I agree. Like as a player, if you told me you had to give it back, I'd be like, oh, I lost it. Well, like, no, no, I mean, no, no. Like, like, did, didn't you destroy one of your trophies, like, during the recording? Yeah, yeah, we, we had that, like, oh, yeah. a couple of years ago, right, where my, my vintage trophy from Card Market, it fell down during the broadcast. I'm looking at it right now, it's, like, menacing over there on the shelf. Oh, and no. it not only crashed down, it also, like, it smashed into my screen and I had to buy a new computer screen. <laughs> I will say, though, um, magic trophies are cool, like, you know, watching Worlds yesterday, it's a big trophy, but Warhammer ones are way freaking cooler. I've got one from a team event at Warhammer World, and it's just like a huge hand with a huge chainsaw. So Okay, yeah. that's that, that's next level. Like, I'll, honestly, I'll take a picture to put in the show notes to show people what it is. It's like a big, big, heavy fuck-off thing with a big chainsaw. So, I mean, what, <laughs> what, more, what more do you want? <laughs> but when speaking yeah. of that, did you watch the finals? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I did. You know what? That, that that's one thing. Like not talking about like standard or whatever. Like that's a completely different discussion. There's one thing. Magic never, never, never gets right compared to like other. The crowd, right? Yeah, the crowd. That's the one thing. That's yeah. actually the thing that that flashed me the most when I went to my first GP and I was literally watching the finals and like all around like judges were like putting up tables and like everybody like there was yeah. nobody. I expected the huge crowd to be there. Okay, we don't have that, and that's actually part of what makes the actual trophy ceremony so awkward. Right, you saw Sean, uh, Sean Emmanuel uh, Depra stand there and waiting and waiting and waiting and not lifting the trophy because he like he he didn't like get a yeah you know cue to like lift the trophy and then he went up and like 
shake yeah. the after he won, he was going to the stage, like going to the judges, like, shall I stay here? Shall I go over to yeah, my friends? Exactly what right. to do? <laughs> yeah, poor guy. But that's like, not on him. That's not on him. That's like on, on the whole scenery and like the, 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 the I guess, whoever constructed the post game, apparently yeah. not existing procedure or whatever. It, it's so awkward. And like it, at this mm. point, you literally wait for it to be awkward because you already know it's going to be awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really think they oh, should, man. they should just like, encourage people to be a crowd there watching as well. Like there was, they did a, um, Mengucci and LSV and I think Riley Knight did like a watch party to the side but like no have those people there to cheer him when he wins oh that would be so cool that would be so cool and also have the have the camera angle from behind him as he watches the crowd and then like the confetti go up as he lifts the trophy and stuff I agree all the standard stuff but yeah I mean, maybe oh, there's yeah. reasons why they don't do it, but <laughs> that's just like what I thought about. No, it's serious. Yeah, it's no, seriously. Like, people should really go crazy. You know, like maybe you remember that meme where um, it's, I think it's like the fourth place player, player who opens like the, the bottle of champagne and, you yes. know, like <laughs> checks on metal, like, like that sort of stuff, you know, like like real fucking like heavy metal, you know, like mm-hmm. that. I love that. I love yeah, that so much. That'd be so cool. Like, like so, some, I don't know, or some, you know, just, just let a band play or whatever and have some speakers <laughs> on or some, some background. We'll get bands. my band to play while like, they lose. <laughs> Yeah, I wish like, I had, like a budget to do something crazy whenever like the, the the winner gets the trophy or something. Like have a barbershop um crew just walk around and saying, You are the world champion. Ba, 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 ba. Oh dude. Yeah, that and like the fastest blast speed. I don't know, like yeah, you can possibly do <laughs> By the way, Kai, you everybody who hasn't checked it out, we're gonna link it in the show notes. You literally did a, an a cappella version of our new podcast intro, right? Yeah, um, I was. Shit, I mean, I, I mean, I was not busy playing vintage like Callum, so uh, I had I dedicated my time to uh, to some music, right? I don't do this very often though, um, but maybe I don't know if I've mentioned this uh, on the podcast yet, but like back in school, between fifth and tenth grade, um, I went to like a um, a school where like music and art was in the main focus, and um, everyone had to play at least one instrument. So I played the violin and a little bit of piano, and everyone had to sing and, and join the choir, for example. And like that's how I grew up, right? And it also like you you had to be Christian, which I was not. Um, but my mom like checked check and uh, check marked the the yeah yeah yes my son is Christian anyway. So, <laughs> so I was like in this I was like in this Christian school, um, you know, which was mainly focused on, on, on music and instruments and um you oh and also like only boys. It was man like it's so hard to get into that school. It's so hard. You literally have to put the check mark in there. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm Christian. Like my mom had to cheat. You know, my mom had to cheat me in. Like the more stories I hear about your mom, the more amazing she seems. Like she, when, when she like dyed her hair back in Japan or something, you told oh. me about that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Maybe also, we're gonna have like an episode themed around your mom. I yeah, we can also have her as the guest because she like I think like the the reason why I'm such a competitive player is is because of my mom. Like my mom spikes all the the tabletop games, right? Like like the set, uh, settler of Catan and like Monopoly and like all these like regular board games. Like she is the biggest spike I've ever seen. Like you know if if you if you go like ah can I kind of undo this kind of thing? You know like, <laughs> no 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 like not happening, right? Dude. So um have you ever tried to get her into like TCGs or something? I yeah she's just a little lazy to uh. Start but she's from super scratch. spiky, but also oh, okay, okay. So you she enjoys I mean? like being being the big dog, and she doesn't want to start from the bottom again. Exactly. I th- yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever taken her to a Brettspielplatz in Berlin? 
I have not, but she does her own uh, board game evenings, um, I think like once a week or, or, or I think like twice a month or something like that, where um, she usually does like a cooking session first and then uh, they play like board games for about five or six hours straight. And all the people she invites are also quite spiky, I want to say. She, she's secretly like the, the Teddy KGB of like the underground board gaming world of Berlin. You, you know who am, who am I talking about? No. You, you, you have not seen Rounders? Not yet. Dude, Kai, we, like when we were in Italy, we were talking about so many movies like we have to watch. And oh, if you have shit, not seen yeah. Rounders, that's one of the biggest movies you're actually missing out on as a Magic player. Oh shit, is, is that the one you, you um you talked that's, about? No, no, we didn't talk about Rounders because I, I took it for granted that you had watched it. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll we put it on the list. People, seriously, like if you're on Discord, if you're on Twitter, if you're in chat, let us know how much Kai is actually missing out by not having watched Rounders <laughs> as a Magic player. Because it's like, it's... It's it's kind of hard to say it's inspiring because it also deals with like cheating and card games. So which you know that's that's not that exactly what you associate Kai with. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, that, that's that's why it's always like hard to to, to like convey the, the thing about it. It's it's more like about being super spiky in a game, and then one of your friends becomes a cheater, and then or actually or forever was a cheater. And how do you deal with that? And all, that, that's and, Julian. And all the implications <laughs> it has, like on your private life, it's it's super cool. It's, it's uh, Edward Norton, Matt Damon. Um, is it John Markovich? No, oh my god, I'm I'm so bad. Who's playing Teddy Teddy KGB in? I watched it years ago, but I watched it around the same time that Team America came out. So I had the Matt Damon thing in my head while I was watching it, so it didn't really work. <laughs> it is it is John Markovich. Okay, I I always I almost thought I messed it up, but yeah, here we go. So this is this is a great movie. Uh but how did we get into that? Oh yeah, because your your mom is actually running a secret underground board gaming <laughs> ring. I see, I see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and with that a big, big change. By the way, I played a Locana event on the weekend. My first Locana event ever. I went three and one. I only lo lost to the local end boss in the final round. And yeah, it was Dude, fun. But okay. we, yeah, we're not a Locana podcast, I guess. Like, and but, like, but you, you picked up the game pretty quickly, no? I played That's... once at a friend's house. And then he's, he was like, hey, let's go to a tournament. And I, I consciously didn't look up any like tier decks, any strategies, no nothing. Because I... Otherwise, I would get sucked really deeply into it. And you know how it works, right? You don't want that if you like if you feel like you're already short on time. It's so too late like, okay. already. It's huh? too late already. No, no, no. I, I literally, mm. I, I, still like noob nerded out on the stuff because the guy who who beat me, he had like the most insane deck I've ever seen, and I was like so excited for it. And I guess if I ever googled it, I wouldn't be nearly as excited for it because I, I would just be like, oh yeah, tier one deck, he killed me, whatever. But it, it felt like nobody really knew what they were doing. And I was just like playing, you know, my Simba and a lot of Disney characters I didn't even know. But Simba is insane, by the way. And <laughs> yeah, I, like I easy, like easy 3-0. And then the final round, basically playing for first place. I Yeah, I got destroyed by Robin Hood. And that wasn't fun. Classic, classic Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, guys, uh, today we... We'll talk about the very first legacy GP ever, where it happened, why it happened, how it happened, what happened, like everything. Gather around the fire, kids. Exactly. But very quickly, one more thing, my Steve Jobs moment, I guess. No, not really. If you're a Patreon of ours, make sure that your shipping address on Patreon is updated because there's a huge package going out. And I'm so happy that we finally managed to make this work. And... Another thing, don't try to update it on mobile. Apparently it doesn't work on mobile. Update it on the on the desktop client. And you're doing me a really big favor if you do it on the desktop client and you can message me if you really can't get it to work. But if you if you properly update it on, on Patreon, it's gonna make life a lot easier. So yeah, <laughs> stay tuned for that and, and make sure to update yours like very quickly. So 
Guys, do, do you know when Legacy actually became a format without looking at the show notes? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just faking it or do you really not know? No, no, no. Se- no seriously, seriously. I like. I don't like. Maybe we should we should um start with like when did when did you guys start playing Legacy? Because I I think we never talked about this, right? Mm. Yeah, I, can, I guess we can. I That's can a briefly. good intro. My I don't really know when I started playing Legacy when I was younger. So I I remember like building the Tinker deck in Standard and Extended, and then I played like Madness and Standard. Uh, so I played around that era. I can't remember the exact years. And then I got it into Extended. Nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, so I would have been like ten around then. Yeah, but then um, I remember playing Extended with uh, Exalted Angel and Scepter Chan and Standstill and Decree of Justice and all this kind of stuff. But I don't think Legacy was made then. So I think I stopped playing before Legacy became a, a bigger thing. And then when I got back into Magic, I played Standard and other stuff for like three to six months. And then I started going to Legacy Weeklies and got into it very quickly. So I remember getting properly back into Legacy when Innistrad came out. Oh, that's a that's a really big gap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Innistrad was like 2011. I mean, yeah, Innistrad is a lot, um, 2011. Yeah. Okay. So I, wow. I miss I missed a lot of the. Um, I mean, I've obviously watched loads of old coverage and read about it and stuff, but like the countertop years before miracles and stuff, and I missed. Yeah, all it was basically like the third coming of countertop at some point. Yeah. Like crazy. It keeps honestly. It's. I, I was gonna say it's eventually gonna come back, but no. Uh, I mean, this time it's hopefully dead. <laughs> and and yeah. yeah. One comment though, I th- I think like um, starting Legacy in the Innistrad block was probably the best timing for starting that uh, format because Innistrad Legacy was insanely competitive and fun. It changed everything as well, right? Oh, it changed everything. Yeah, yeah. like so, like Delve of Secrets and Snapcaster. Oh, dude, like there were like so many staples. Like guys of the Veil, guys of Sand Trapped, Wood Up. Yeah, what <laughs> yeah, happened yeah, to those exactly. cards? <laughs> we like we talk about all these staples, and then Kai always tries to smuggle in Geist of Sand Trapped. Like, God, do you remember like Jeskai Blade with Geists? It was so oh, bad. Man, dude, and then yeah. you stifle the trigger and you keep the angel. Oh, yeah, that's Crazy. how you do it. <laughs> like, how, how about you, Julian? Because like, I yeah. think like among the three of us, like Jul- yeah, you have been this game for like the the longest time i feel yeah i'm a i'm a, ba- I'm a baby here so the thing is i i started like rather magic in the 80s <laughs> what mm. you guys you guys are not even disagreeing okay <laughs> no I, i'm aware it started in 94 i, I literally like oh, i was... talked I, I talked to a guy in the czech republic and he told me about this format he had this magic he had invented and then i stole it and then in 1993 i sold it to richard garfield and he made magic uh-huh. no seriously like some regular magic tricks, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I, I, I've booked Airbnbs, and I told the guy that we're here for our magic tournament, and the guy literally wanted to come and take pictures. And then when he arrived at at the GP, he was like, "I thought there were gonna be magic tricks." Like, no, this is like a card game. There wasn't stress back 2013, <laughs> but he had a good time anyway. No, so I started playing magic in 1998, 1999, basically when Ursus Block was around. But it took me until 2005 to play my first tournament. So my first tournament, I played Extended and Chantress. And I, I played a bit of Extended. Like, I played what's called Arena League. It was like when you, at least in Munich, it was like every Wednesday night we played at, at Funtainment and just like four or five rounds of, of Extended. But I I really wanted to play the proper Enchantress deck because back in school when I started, somebody played an Enchantress deck. And I didn't know what a format was, but I knew what an Enchantress deck was. So I went on MTG Salvation and I literally posted, hey, where can I play a Gothian Enchantress? And somebody, and I can probably dig up that post, it would be really cool. Somebody said, in Legacy. 
And you know, life was so much easier back then, at least in my head. I literally, at that point, was like, okay, then I'm a legacy player. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that easy. So, easy. yeah, so it must have been around 2005, 2006, where I decided, okay, I'm a legacy player. I built Enchantress. I ordered uh, four Savannahs for like 12 euros each. <laughs> It's <laughs> like, oh, Damn. you think about it. And then I just started playing. I think I played my first tournament in 2006 in uh, in Passau, which is like the city uh -huh. I studied in. And yeah, from there, it went on. That was uh, a good year. That was a good year, by the way. Like, that was like Time Spiral, Cold Snap, like Dissension, that that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, Null um, Chamber. I played Null Chamber. That was my favorite card. Damn. Okay. Does anybody of you know what Null Chamber does? Nope. <laughs> Probably an artifact. It's like if you order meddling mage from Wish or something. It's it's an enchantment. <laughs> it, it might even be a world enchantment. Actually, let me look it up. Uh, it's like or it's like you you talked about enchantress the whole time, and I came up with, oh yeah, it's probably an artifact. Yeah, see, also. it's it's actually <laughs> it's actually a world enchantment. See, I, I still remember yeah. some stuff. It's a world enchantment from Mirage. It's three colorless and a white. As Snile Chamber enters the battlefield, you and an opponent each choose a card name other than a basic land card name apparently <laughs> spells with the chosen name can't be cast and lands with the chosen names can't be played that's awesome that was my anti-combo deck attack yeah great play it on turn three yeah it's also on the reserved list by the way apparently it's like one dollar 82 buy buy your null chambers now <laughs> yeah I, I love the card so much I mean, Come that already on, tells you something about like what Legacy was like in 2006. When, when this was like, I mean, you're saying you played it doesn't mean it was good. But the thing is, like, I, I went to the source. Like, I quickly discovered the source, and then that was always like, oh, the source is so much cooler than MTG Salvation, right? And that's true. Yeah, yeah, we we had this threat, and there was one guy. Oh my god, I'm trying to remember the name. Zach Tartel. I don't remember. Uh, there were a couple of guys who still play today, like Ever Sparrow Guide, who is from, I think, the Pacific Northwest, but now lives in Belgium, I believe. Doxing somebody here, but I think that's public knowledge. Uh, Spratuda of the Ages, who oh, yeah. still plays Legacy to this day and still plays Enchantress. This is like this is 20 years later, still playing the same deck. Uh, and those were like my heroes. They, they posted their deck lists, and some of them held Null Chamber. And yeah, I just, this is, this is how I learned Legacy. And for many, many years, I was known as the Enchantress guy. All right, I, if Spatula had it, I'll let you off, and it's probably good. <laughs> I, 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 no, to, for some proper validation, I need to find a list where I actually had it. But he, he also played some crazy stuff. Like, cool. back then, when you think about it, like, people still were, like, super competitive, but there was a lot less information. There were, like, this was, this was before YouTube. Like, YouTube became a thing in, like, 2006, seven or something. So it was kind of hard to, to see proper gameplay unless you made it yourself and you, you sat down and played a lot of matches. And you could really tell the difference between people who did have like a local community to play a lot of matches and the people who, well, didn't. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, if, you did, right. if you didn't back then, you'd just test with like a couple of friends and have a really inbred like thinking of how your deck works and an inbred meta. And it's just, you know, you're going to be very biased, even if you're trying your best not to be. Yeah, it's yeah. it was it was. You're right. Like the lack of information is such a huge difference. It's just hard to even comprehend these days. Yeah, I was also lucky, I guess, in the sense. But it depends on like I guess what you want out of the game. But I was lucky because in Munich, the the scene was like pretty welcoming, but also very cutthroat. So mm. like a lot of the people you know now that like in the later decades had some of the best magic accomplishments, they played there and. I mean, Mark Vogt, you know, right? Mark, by the mm -hmm. way, if you're listening, he he was one of my very first opponents. And yeah, we, you had like, have like multiple later GP winners and that kind of stuff in that community where we played like every weekend. And as you can imagine, I got destroyed hard, but I also learned so much because I 
Yeah. I guess it's cheesy, but I guess I just approach it with an open mind and not mm. because when, when there's like no heuristics to go by and to like brain dead your way through, oh, why am I losing? I'm doing it right. At least I'm doing it right according to the guide, right? Uh, when it's said like you literally have to have to like learn it yourself and... and I did the same. I lost... I, I can't remember ever winning for like months when I first started playing Legacy. Yeah. Can you guys guess my first two, maybe three Legacy decks I played? Again, oh, you, you probably played some some super janky like the rock. No, you like no like even janky. I feel like uh, maybe like a zombie infestation or whatever that cra <laughs> crazy enchantment. It's called like that plus squee plus other bullshit is uh. like no close so close-ish. So it, I'll give you a point. It's like not right, but close. My first one was Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> But, oh, okay. yeah. but without a, but without a sideboard the first few times oh, I mean, I, like the first week I went without a sideboard the oh, next week gosh. I came with like four duresses as my whole sideboard <laughs> that's all I got <laughs> and then the following week I bought oh, some Tomb of Uramize <laughs> oh that's the one where you can like make oh, a token night. right yeah. you cycle your lands and make a 5-5 it's a plan B oh my goodness I like the growth, right? You, you literally, you added what you thought you needed. You didn't like take something not without understanding it. You literally grew into your sideboard. Right, right. So it's funny, but yeah, that makes sense. Like, Dude, this is so cool. Like imagine <laughs> if like a new kid shows up at your local tournament. He's like, nah, dude, I, I just, nah, I only four typo cards. That's, that's all I need. That's all I need, bro. <laughs> I, I remember vividly where I was sitting in the oh room when I played my first thing and I like go all in and it just like, my first thing gets forced and I was like, okay, I need your rest. And then <laughs> I mean that's how you learn that's how you yeah. learn literally anything. Yeah. The second deck was Werewolf Stompy. <laughs> okay, okay. It's I like, mean that's actually almost yeah, playable. It was I almost playable. Yeah. yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah. God, I remember buying chalices and city of traders for like four pounds each or something. Oh dude, you're monster. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then after that I think I got lent Nick Fit for a while. And I remember like looping kitchen finks and stuff with re recurring nightmare and stuff. Ooh, cool. yeah. Now we're yeah. talking. Okay. Now we're talking. Yeah. So he so said those three were my my intro in. And then I remember like watching GP Seattle maybe, where it was John versus Esper Stoneblade in the finals. And I was like, Yeah, I wanna play the good decks. Those look really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually just bought Stoneblade and John over some time and then I played John. You know the for, like, kitchen finks ever looking at you. What do you mean the good decks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay. Actually, I do remember my very first win. So my very first Legacy tournament, I arrived too late, so I got a game loss in the very first round. Nice. Inter interestingly, and uh, match loss, actually, because I was that late. I, I was so dedicated, I had to like take a train for three and a half hours to get there. And then, yeah, I was like, I don't know, 30 minutes late, so I got a match loss. In the second round, I played against a guy on what was called Truffle Shuffle. I don't know if you guys remember that deck. The name rings a bell, but I don't know. So it, it was kind of hard to describe. Like it, it wasn't ever properly defined, but it was more like a chunk mid-range deck that played like Crows and Tusker, which like the one you can cycle to also like fetch a land from from your deck. Yeah, deck. yeah, yeah. Command stable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and at some point it, it played like three copies of Moments Piece, which for some decks like Sue was like the utter nightmare. Uh, and yeah, that I managed to beat that deck. Then I got destroyed by a survival deck. I got destroyed by a couple of more decks, and yeah, that was the tournament. So yeah, I the very first legacy match I ever played, I won. So that's something. That, that's crazy. Like I literally took weeks, probably a month plus, to win a game. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't play against Truffle Shuffle. That's I mean, the true. deck was already a meme right. back then. Yeah, I think I was playing against like rug delvers and crap. 
<laughs> no, but Kai, then, yeah, what about you? Yeah, like, the, like this is this is really interesting because I'm like so we got um Callum in at 2011 and we got your start into the into the game in 2000. Let's say like 2006. You think you, you mentioned and but I'm my first like competitive tournament was 2005 and Legacy 2006. Yeah. Okay, because I'm right in between. I'm like uh, I started in Conflux. I remember that um Ooh, because 2009. Yeah, that was 2009, uh, early 2009, and Noble High Rock came out, and I remember going to the, the, the local game store in Berlin. I was still a student back then, and um, people were so, like, people freaked out about Noble High Rock, and, like, how Noble High Rock br um, broke all the Tarmogoyf stalls, right? Because the active player, like, the active player can always attack with Tarmogoyf, while the defending player cannot, uh, like, can't properly block, right, because of Exalted. And um, it, like, it, yeah. Unless you've like, played Triumph Growth. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to just, just appreciate, like, the subtlety of that kind of interaction. It's such a cool, like, just, it's barely even a synergy, but it's just yeah. how, how the format was shaped all around time ago for the time. It's, so right, cool. it's, yeah, it's really, like, a, um, a, lot, a lot of those, like, really small things, right, that come mm -hmm. together. Absolutely. I, I think I, I saw a lot of, like, natural orders from progenitors, like, Jace the Mind Sculptor was, I no, Jace the Mind Sculptor was not out there yet, Um, but there was, um, progenitors also came out in Conflux, so um, we saw, like, natural order for progenitors, like, Grim Lava Monsters, Vendillion Click was like the new hotness, oh, I think, which came out, yes, which yes. came out like I think like a year ago, maybe at this point. Was this you know like just before Lover New in 2007, Horizons? Yeah, Morning Tide actually. Yeah. yeah. Was this like just before New Horizons or like Bant Bant Stoneblade yeah, was a thing? Like New Horizons was kind of around that time. It was like 2009, yeah. 2010. Right. Um, I gotta say though, and for for a legacy beginner, um, the whole Alara block was not really that appealing because um, it was like crazy color combinations, right? Like all, all the decks were at least like tri-colors. I feel like, you know, the, the it was the introduction of uh, introduction of like Junt, like the, the name Junt and other 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 like tri-color combinations. Yeah, it was also the heyday of, of Bant. Uh, Bant has never been that good in Legacy ever again. Oh, totally. Yeah, like Rocks, War Monk and, th and stuff. Right? Ah, it's, yeah, see, that's my boy. And, <laughs> and the thing is like for, for a Legacy beginner, that was not the best environment because you had to, invest so much money for dual lands, right? Because you couldn't really go for like a monocolor deck, for example, um, all that well, because all the cool new cards were like tricolor, almost. Um, yeah, it, it took like one more, one or two more years for Death and Texas to properly like hit the scene. I think people were right. already experimenting with it back then, but it wasn't like established at all. Yeah. And my, my very, fir um, very first legacy deck, which was not very really good, was um, a madness deck, which is looked kind of looks like the extended madness deck with like mild mongrel, aqua Bieber, Baskin Rootwaller. Vengevine was not out there yet, so I had to play arrogant worm. And I think the card that like tied the whole deck together was Umezawa's Jita because yeah. that card was bonkers. <laughs> it came out like a year or two ago, I think, at this point, and people went crazy on that card. And it kind of made my wild mongrels like you know acceptable <laughs> versus like Tarmogoyfs and other other things and yeah shit that actually been out for quite a while at that point I think like four or five years but I, I was I was actually playing back then so I think my break was shorter than what I was thinking I, I was playing just not legacy back then because I remember going to the Betrayers pre-release and remember having to say to all my friends you need to take uh, the red Kami's in draft to, so you can splash red if you play against the Jitte because it's like the only removal for artifacts are common yeah. stuff like that Oh. When you look at decklists back then, we didn't have yeah. Stoneforge Mystic yet, or at least it came out in World Wake, I believe, which was like right. 2009, 10 or something yeah. like but, that. But you saw lots of decks just playing four in the sideboard as Jitte removal. 
because yeah exactly room. right yeah like, uh, and, like they would play like three copies in the main three copies of the same equipment because otherwise you wouldn't get it especially if you're not playing blue so it was that good and that dominant so people were just like yeah three or four chitter that's that's yeah. my life a lot okay. of like these mid-range decks right but like full of two drops <clears throat> like even even stuff like um nantuku shade and that kind of stuff that's at that point wasn't a thing anymore that was more like 2005 mm. six seven ish but uh these these in broad terms i guess fish decks were a lot more popular back then mm. right but yeah. maybe yeah maybe we can wrap this up and basically say that the first legacy gp like none of us played legacy back then <laughs> no that's true that's true i <laughs> right? i have i played magic i played competitive magic but for the very first gp in europe for example that would have been lil in 2005 that's the only legacy gp in europe i ever missed but we are actually talking about the legacy gp in philadelphia which was even earlier it was the very first one. It had 495 players. And interestingly, it was the largest American GP in a very long time. It just 495 players. 2005 have been like... That was a different time, apparently. Yeah, that's a lot of players. I mean, for back then, yeah. But now, now these days, the, 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 like, at Four Seasons, you almost get that many, right? Kind of yeah. crazy yeah, you yeah. think about it. But also, it was, it was a new format, so kind of... Actually, before we jump into that... Uh, we, we started this out by me asking you guys when, when you think Legacy was created. So maybe I'll share that info with the listeners because that's actually quite interesting. Legacy, like a lot of you know, was called 1.5 back then. <laughs> like we had tier one. Uh, wait, tier? Type. type. We, we, had type, type <laughs> we had type one. We had type 1.5. We had type 1.x. And we had type 2. Like, Wizards was horrible at marketing the formats, not gonna lie. So, like, what is that? Hey, I'm a type 2 gamer. Like, okay, sure. So, tier uh, type 1 was what would later become Vintage. Type 1.5 was what would later become Legacy. And uh, 1.x was Extended, like, very creative. Type 2 was Standard. And for a long time, starting in 1997 until 2004, Legacy, or 1.5, was tied to the Vintage restricted list so any card that was restricted in vintage was banned in legacy for seven years this was like an awkward dynamic because sometimes you needed stuff banned in legacy and that vice versa meant that it needed to be restricted in vintage even though it was like completely unrelated like you would sometimes look at the at the reserved list for winter at the restricted list for vintage and be like why is this card on there oh okay because we need to ban it in legacy so in 2004 wizards was like okay um let's just like let's do this properly and let's establish legacy independently from vintage. So there was a column by Aaron Forthside, which was called like latest developments, if I remember correctly. And here's the cool part. Not only did they establish legacy as its own format, uh, their own ban list, but they also let the community vote on what the format should be called. Like, can you imagine if Wizards had done that these days, what Pioneer should be called? Like no way that would ever happen, right? No. Like, people would submit, the, like, I don't know, format McFormity Mac, face or something, like, all that <laughs> kind of shit. <laughs> Dude, but I love it. And I actually, I, I have the list here. I didn't, I consciously didn't put it in the show notes because I want to read it out to you. From bottom to top, these were the suggest suggestions uh, that didn't make it. So, enduring, like 1.6% of the vote, forget about it. Mosaic. Timeless. Comprehensive. Ageless, throwback, all of these were like 5% or less. Heritage, 10%. Renaissance, 16%. 
And now we come to the top two. We got Legacy, which won. And in second place, the format was almost, almost by a margin of just about 250 votes, would have almost been called traditional. Traditional. I'm glad yeah. we went with Legacy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's way cooler and like shorter too. Yeah, yeah we, we got 25.5% for Legacy, 23.3% uh, for traditional. I personally have a, a a favorite here. Like I like Renaissance also sounds pretty classy. I I don't know if it's cool, but it it sounds classy at least. I think they they kind of mentioned that they, well they, they they put it up for the vote because they had also mentioned a couple of other names that they they basically deleted. It, it's kind of awkward because there's also like a format. Uh, there's also a set that's called Renaissance, but I think that doesn't really matter all that much anymore. I guess Renaissance I kind of like right. It's like the Renaissance of vintage. Like it it gets reborn into a new format with like new rules. I wouldn't have hated that, but come on, comprehensive. Hey, what are you playing? I'm, pre I'm pre playing comprehensive. <laughs> Thank God it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> I think mosaic is a really cool sounding word. But yeah, mosaic is cool. Mosaic, I, I wouldn't hate Maybe that. Maybe fit with it, but yeah, that's speechless. cool. Cool story. I, I had no idea about that. So he here are a couple of the ones that they didn't put up for vote. So they were like, we want the format to be taken seriously, and that's why they didn't put over extended and <laughs> hyper extended up for the vote. <laughs> <laughs> hyper extended, the new format coming to you. Uh, they also didn't put up amaranthine. Callum, do you know what that means? Say the word again. Sorry, amaranthine. No, I don't actually. Okay, that's good because they literally they didn't put it up for a vote because they said nobody knows what it means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also didn't oh, put yeah. up confined and antiquated because they they were like, oh, that that is like bad, a negative connotation. We want like a positive connotation. They didn't also as they also kicked out vintage restricted okay. because they figured it didn't make sense to call a, a format without a restricted list vintage restricted. And then a couple more, like Open, Classic, Eternal, and Composite. Uh, those are names that they used for other stuff, so they, they didn't want that. So yeah, that's how we ended up. in on November 12th, 2004, Legacy was reborn. Oh man, now I like Renaissance so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. We're going to get like a new Legacy format called Renaissance now. At some point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's too complicated about these days. I just noticed, by the way, the World Championships, they do that American Super Bowl thing, right? Where they, they put, like, the uh, the Latin letters, uh, Latin numbers up there, like XX mm -hmm. uh, oh, right. and stuff. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. It's a little tacky. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. here we go. So, yeah, they put up a new format. They actually wanted it to be taken seriously. They were kind of pushing it, and they, the very next year, they gave it a cheapie. Actually, only a couple of months after, when you think about it. They gave it a cheapie in Philadelphia. Almost 500 players showed up. And what we're doing today is we're going to look back at that cheapie because while the coverage isn't online on Wizards' website anymore, we still have some internet sorcery to dig it up from, like, the... I don't know. But basically, we used Wayback Machine, right? <laughs> That's the only way to... Or Web Archive or whatever they call it. And you can still see the coverage. And holy shit, guys. Like, Kai, you already had a look at this, right? I put this together uh, actually quite a while ago. And you were like, dude, what is going on there? Yeah, dude, like this... <laughs> Like the decks and the covers, that's hilarious. <laughs> like looking, like looking back from from now, like the, I think the 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 quality of coverage has has changed so much over the years that it's um it's really like old school at this point. You know, like how pictures were taken back in the day with like potato cameras and like how deck lists looked like. <laughs> Some of these pictures from the PC Philly top eight are 
so they're, good. <laughs> they are insane. They are like they're actually they're like worse than someone taking like the worst selfie. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> Serious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say like the style of coverage is actually a little bit more timeless to me. Like when I looked at at that stuff, it it I enjoyed it a lot more than the vanilla coverage because in in the coverage that we had back then and like for a couple of years after they literally would like quote the conversations that the players had at the table and stuff and and you you really only get that when you have proper written coverage because these days everything is like video and it's like yeah like when did they stop this because i i I can definitely remember these type of like like written out uh, coverage um articles even from like 2013 14 i think at least and even 15, like like when I made them top eight at GP Kyoto, um, I think my feature match was also like written out, which I thought was really cool because I talked a lot of shit during the round. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you did? You, 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 back then you you like you were able to do like Japanese shit talking because you oh, told yeah. me like, you, it like, took you a while dude, to, like, to pick they- it up. Like for example, like the majority of my of my of the um of the game coverage between the miracle guy and me in the semifinals was like me um, handing off a chewing gum to my opponent. And and, and I'm like, dude, like that's literally half of the article. And I'm like, okay, well, like was there nothing interesting about the game or what? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, when you look back at especially combo decks, when they did written coverage in combo decks, and then if you watched it or if you talked to the player, a lot of players were like the written coverage had like nothing to do with what actually happened in the game, and that's very specific for combo decks. I feel like because it can be over like rather quickly. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> there's some great stuff. I'm I kind of just skimming it as we go along, and there's a bit where between the fi- uh, can I spoil the finals? <laughs> well, yeah, sure, sure, go ahead. And um, in the finals, it's Chris Pakula with a cursed scroll against goblins, and it says cursed scroll punctuated his turn. John used wasteland on Chris's goblin and played another pile driver. Cursed scroll one of the pile drivers naming duress. Chris looked up at the judge and spelled, he forgot to attack one turn, right? John had been hoping that Chris would notice his slip up and grin sheepishly. I've been playing too good, I had to make a mistake, right? I mean, you miss that in today's coverage so much, like the cheeky chat between players. You, you gotta read out the last part as well, that's great. And he goes, it's cool now, if I lose, I can complain. I lost to some guy who did, just didn't who just didn't attack with his pile driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it gets great. a lot more character to that coverage, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> So be- before we jump into it, um, uh, it, it was kind of hard to really understand what the meta game was like because, like I said, right, none of us played back then. We only like I started a year later, so I didn't really know what what legacy was like from firsthand. Like I kind of re- remember what people were talking about, like the Flame Vault combo deck and all that kind of stuff, and some of the early decks that existed. So I dug deep. And there's a cool um, quote by Chris Pecula, who said right before the GP, I don't think that the top eight of this tournament will look anything like the legacy top eights that you can find online. Uh, I'm actually, <laughs> I couldn't even find any <laughs> looking back. <laughs> I think the Grand Prix will likely make the previous results of the format look silly. And that's kind of cool, right? Because he's even saying like, this format is so underdeveloped, like we literally have no idea what's really good in the format. So that's that's why this GP, GP Philadelphia is really like the, I don't know, the, the birth of Legacy proper yeah, in like, a way. Yeah, like the beta version kind of, yeah. Ah, like moving moving to like, I don't know what comes, like they don't call it like Gamma version. Like moving into like the proper Legacy, everything before was the beta version, yeah. Oh, I, I, I see, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I found something at least. Uh, there was a German website where they basically surveyed a lot of legacy players all around Germany, at least, about which decks are most dominant or most popular in their local meta games. They got something close to, I think, 60 replies. And 
According to that survey, at least, the most popular deck by far was Goblins at 56%, followed by Landstill by, uh, at 54%, which I can agree. Like, when I started playing, Landstill was everywhere as well as Goblins. Then, 23% Rock, 21% Angry Tradewind Survival. I guess we'll get to that in a moment, for those who don't know about that is. 19% Scepter Chant. Oh god, I hate that deck so much. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I hate that deck. Like, especially if you're a newbie, right? Like, you yeah. come to a tournament and somebody plays Scepter Chant and you've never seen that. You're like, this is the greatest bullshit I can ever imagine. That, <laughs> that was my deck of the old times. <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> then we got 90% as well Grow or Madness. I guess they, they kind of looped it in. Um, that's basically like, like I guess, Quirion Dryad and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then 9% red-green survival advantage, which was basically like a mid-range endgame survival deck. And 9% solidarity, the predecessor to, to like what we call high tide these days, which the deck which was able to win the game while the opponent had lethal damage on the stack. Such a beautiful deck. Is this out of like 200% of the votes, by the way? No, I guess people were get were allowed to to um, uh, submit multiple. multiple answers because okay. it was like a question about um, what are the most pop, um, popular decks, I guess, in your local meta game. Got it. Got it. So that's why it adds up to like I guess a couple hundred percent, which is like a really <laughs> weird way to display this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, legacy articles in two thousand five. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the goblins, goblins by far basically the tier one deck. Landstill also another. Like, that was always popular, but to me, at least, when I started a year later, I always felt like, eh, Lancaster, it's good, but it's like the Noob Crusher deck. It's the deck that, that did well against inexperienced and medium players, but rarely ever won something. That's why, maybe that's where, like, my obsession with, like, anti-control decks started. Like, I, I always, like, looked down a little bit on Lancaster. <clears throat> Julian was know. hurt yeah. in the past. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> it <laughs> actually does. Yeah. Also, like, lo- looking at Goblins, I think uh, w- when they started Legacy, um, like Darksteel was really like one of the newer sets, right? Like Darksteel Dark, Dark came out like 2004. And um, with Darksteel, we got Aethervile and Aethervile was was like the card for tribal decks. So I can can I can definitely see how like uh, this card pushed goblins like, you know, like way up to like tier, like proper like tier one territory maybe. Yeah, goblin deck also right. was like a lot better back then. That's just like s- such an important... That, we called it the goblin lucky test. I think... It's kind of funny because it doesn't really exist anymore, and then I, don't, I can't even put my finger down where it stopped. But that was Legacy. Legacy was the Goblin Lecky test. Is your deck somewhat reliably able to stop a turn one Goblin Lecky? If not, then it's literally unplayable. That's, mm. that's how it kind of worked back then. I mean, if you're a combo deck, I guess you can kill on the second turn, and then it doesn't matter all that much. But yeah, the Goblin Lecky test was the number one thing for a Legacy deck to pass. Yeah, I think nowadays we call it like Ragavan test, but that's modern. <laughs> <laughs> that's modern, yeah. Also, by the way, another thing that blew my mind, because Landstill, as I mentioned, was pretty dominant initially when I started playing, uh, at least locally. But then, like I said, like it rarely ever like won the big things. Uh, I, I remember like Matthias Frauenschläger in 2013 won Bazaar of Moxen with it, but that's... Or 12. But that doesn't really count. I guess that was too late. But I remember at one point, I was so desperate because I kept losing to Landstill because I was bad. And I asked the player, what is one of the best decks you can play against Landstill? And he said, solidarity. And it made me go like, what the fuck? I don't understand anything about this magic thing. Because solidarity is a combo deck. And Landstill plays far, far so well. <laughs> Like, how can a combo deck ever be good against a deck with far, far software? 
I remember just like a side note. I remember being lent Ant one time at Legacy, and I was like, "Oh my god, this this is the coolest deck I've ever seen." I was going crazy about how cool it was, and then I was playing against someone that had Force Will in their deck, and then the person who lent it to me was watching to me, was deciding. He was like, "What are you doing, Callum? Why don't you just cast your spells?" I was like, "Oh, I'm playing around Force Will. Like if I if I play it, <laughs> it gets countered." And he was like, "Yes, but like if you don't, it doesn't get countered. They always have it." So like I was like. Oh, I see. So I just wait more. I'm like, no, 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 you go for it. It's like, oh, okay. And then they didn't have it and they died. But <laughs> dude, I'm loving this. What are you doing? And you're like very confidently, I'm playing around Fossil, dude. So I just never cast a spell. <laughs> I'm playing around the removal by never playing a creature. Exactly. <laughs> so I just but seriously, this is this is like how you learned, right? This is Absolutely. how you Oh I'm... Yeah. To be <laughs> young and naive again. <laughs> Oh, I'm loving this so much. Um, <laughs> I, I actually I showed the article I wrote. I, I wrote an article about Enchantress in 2008, and I showed it to Kai the other day when we were in Spain. Like Kai couldn't stop himself from like laughing his ass off because <laughs> not only was it like pretty horrible, but, like by today's standards, it also like yeah, I guess. I I explained how Gaia's Touch was actually good against control decks, and if you don't know what Gaia's Touch does, I literally beg you to look it up and. That will teach you something about like how I was thinking back then. Gaia's touch is not good against Gaia's touch is not good against anything. <laughs> All right, you heard it here is, first. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was at least in Germany. It's uh, the, what the meta game was looking like, and then we head into the GP. And Chris, as Chris said, um, it's probably going to be very different. So here are some highlights from the day one coverage where, where do we start here so Just first of all the they, I, they're all great okay so let, let's take turns so very the very first deck that they mention because they they right they want to paint a picture of the meta game they don't have anywhere near as much data as we have these days with like mtg media and stuff so they literally have to paint the picture manually by describing the most interesting decks they find so one of the first decks they mention is affinity with berserk and to quote the coverage he took the first game when he berserked a cranial plating equipped Ornithopter for the win. <laughs> Hell, <laughs> goddamn, yes. This is actually pretty sweet. <laughs> this is insane, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm done. I don't have the, nothing compared to that. <laughs> Imagine you're sitting there, you're passing the turn against Ornithopter, and the next turn dude. it kills you for 20 or something. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, like, there was no infect creatures back then, so uh, you had to do what you had to do, yeah. That's like, yeah, there was, like, eight land Stompy where people tried Berserk, but in Affinity, uh, <laughs> playing it, plating, Berserk, GG. There we go. So, yeah, that was one of the decks. It didn't make top eight. Uh, what else do you guys see? What do you like here the most? Um, I like the intuition. The intuition for um, ill-gotten gains, I think, um, part. So, like, intuition for three ill-gotten gains, it's a, a loop thrice in t with uh, two rituals into intuition for tendrils. So that is that is, that is that is that is so cool. <laughs> like it, it's yeah. Like it, it gotten gains for everyone who doesn't know. Like it's just like the passing flames before passing flames. But you could also like re um, recoup LEDs if you want to. Um, but having like multiples of them with like rituals and the tendrils, like that's like such a cool looking combo too. Because the the gotten gains and tendrils always had like the same mana cost. You know, it, it looks really on brand i feel mm -hmm. but i think the the most the most um critical thing about about this is that there is a plan b right versus control they go grinding station and this is like and this kind of opened my eyes because um this technique got later developed again i maybe like 10 almost 10 years ago maybe six uh maybe six seven years ago um but i like, mean later right 
Yeah, by people like Jonathan Alexander, for example, who um, invented the, the same technique in, in adenosine tendrils, where they, um, against control, like they, they basically just made hand, um, land drops and, and kept their rituals in hand until they double tendrils their opponent from out of hand. And this is, like, up today, it's, it's such a beautiful line of, of winning against a control opponent who's sitting on, like, you know, let's say a force of will, for example. Or two. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody can ever beat. Yeah. And you just double tendrils them. That's just, dude, that's just peak magic to me. That's exciting, right? That's that's basically the quote by by Nassim Ketita they mentioned here. And yeah, he's saying, against the control decks, I play the game very differently. I build up a handful of ritual cards and just cast them all at once and double tendrils. I beat a couple of Lancer players that way yesterday. That's, yeah. It's kind of funny. These days, I noticed that as well, that... Some people on Twitter like sell you, oh my god, I just discovered this tech, and like you don't want to be like an ass about it and be like, hey, actually this is like, if anything, rediscovered it. But yeah, mm. there's a lot of stuff that has been around in the past in Legacy and technique that was like forgotten and then gets rediscovered, and people feel like, oh, I found the Holy Grail. It's like, I mean, it, it, you kind of did because you found the, a new application for it in a new meta game. Okay, but, but but hear me out. What if we take brainstorm days wasteland and fetchlands and force of will and we put a card from the new set that costs two mana in that yeah that sounds like a way to play magic <laughs> <laughs> i brewed a new deck at the server. Say, dude, don't, <laughs> dude, dude don't go slow down don't go crazy <laughs> i mean this lightning bolt card's pretty good <laughs> like, we're going places Sorry. <laughs> anyway. What's your favorite? What's your favorite decks uh, that we got listed here, Callum? I love the idea of Countess Sliver, but like, so it says Countess Sliver slash Sexy Rector. So with Crystalline Sliver plus Worship combo, <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb, right? <laughs> so like, but Crystalline Sliver. So if anyone doesn't know, is a two mana two two Sliver that gives all your Slivers Shroud. So including yourself, and then worship is a three and a white enchantment where if you, as long as you control a creature, your life total can't go below zero, uh, below one even. Through, through below zero, yeah, through damage. So tendrils gets around it. So I don't know though. Like, if you get this on board, I bet a lot of the format just can't beat it. So I guess some mm. of the standstill decks have a wrath of God. You can tendrils through it, and some decks had like uh, innocent blood, I suppose. But I'm struggling to think of anything after that. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I th- you think about like goblins. Mm-hmm. Goblins would have like no way around this, at least in the first yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, but also like the, this type of deck building is is really old school to me because um, like nowadays I think like we got most of the cards and like really good answers. We, we like almost any legacy deck can kind of deal with almost any situation, right? But having like such a it's, it's not a prison type strategy, but like a you know. I cannot lose type of strategy is it, really like really old. It, it uh, immediately rings a bell like um, things like rest in peace plus the energy um, field, energy for example. Field, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a, like another one of those like I, I guess I can't lose kind of kind of you know situations. And like looking at looking at the deck list from like way back in the day, like people just didn't have the tools to you know like destroy enchantments, for example, sometimes because mm-hmm. you were like mono red, for example, or. I don't know. Like the, yeah, that was the, a thing, right? In goblins, people would splash white literally just to play. But sometimes, I guess, um, even worship. But most importantly, to play disenchant. Mm, big Straight friends. up disenchant because otherwise <laughs> there, there were like situations that they literally couldn't win the game. Okay. Yeah. 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 But, but you're right. Like these days, a lot of decks. There. I mean, also the the pro- proliferation of like mana fixing, color fixing, and everything makes it so much easier to have all the kind of stuff like available. And um, these decks don't really work as well anymore. 
Uh, I still love that it's called like Sexy Rector. And I think they even <laughs> called it Sexy Rector on the coverage, which like these nice. days wouldn't fly, I guess, for wizards. By the way, <laughs> that deck was played by Gabriel Nasif. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. Super cool. You know what I love? Uh, that, that, there's a couple more decks. There's like, I don't know, um, Enchantress with Words of Wind. That's something I played that I absolutely adored. There's Grower Talk with like Psycho Talk and stuff. Uh, apparently, there's like a red deck wins with Curdipe splashing black for just Dark Blast. <laughs> like, this is what I need. I need Dark Blast. <laughs> <laughs> like, as, as if Naya decks didn't have enough removal already. But <laughs> yeah, but I want Dark Blast. <laughs> but the coolest, the coolest deck is Flame Vault with Stasis, played by Ray Tottich. And it was actually signed by Richard Shea, right? Yeah. Like Vintage Legend Rich Shea. Yeah. Kind of retired from competitive magic these days, but like back then he apparently built the deck. And for those who don't know, I already mentioned the Flame Vault deck. So the actual Flame Vault deck is you play Time Vault, if you can afford it, and you play Flame Fusilate, which is a three mana. So it's basically like three colorless and a red. I think it's a sorcery. All your permanents gain until end of turn, tap, deal one damage to anything. So since at the time you could like, I guess the combo could, is pretty obvious then, right? The combo is pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is, right? You can untap Flame Vault to skip your next turn, so you like constantly skip your next turn and shoot your opponent for infinite damage. But <laughs> what what Ray played in that deck is also Stasis, and that, that that's kind of like devious, right? You 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 get to a point where you have like Stasis out, and your opponent is currently in a state where they cannot really win. So you use Flame Vault to constantly skip all your remaining turns while your opponent's locked <laughs> under stasis, so they eventually deck out. And there must be something else, right? Because otherwise they could just like play lands and kill you or something. It's but... worth saying uh, Time Vault's changed since this. Yeah, like... one of our like previous episodes like covers the history of oh, Time Vault. Yeah, cool. But yeah, it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird one. It, it has changed. Like I think there's no card. It has gone through so many power level erratas than than Time Ward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that was another deck. So that's just like a um, a best off from the first day of coverage. And by the way, they mentioned, oh yeah, I put this in here because I want to mention this. Some deck had the best anti-goblin lucky tech. And I keep going back to this because <laughs> so passing good. the goblin lucky tech was just like the best <laughs> thing ever. And I remember this card that they used. It's called Bandage. Because even I back then was like, this is total crap. Why would anybody ever play this? Like when I was a noob. It's from Stronghold. And if you do know what Bandage does, props to you. It's an instant for one white. Prevent one damage to any creature or player. Draw a card. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> this is hilarious. Oh this is basically God. a time just, walk against Just put this under a uh, Isochron Sept and you can keep blanking the lackey. Awesome. <laughs> and draw a card every time. <laughs> oh, God. This, actually, if you put this on a something, you could actually like like the, yeah, <laughs> the draw a card. But but oh, this yeah. is this is like okay, we if we order sorts of plowshares from Wish, we get bandage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the perfect tech. Oh man, I don't know. Goblin like, Lucky, your opponent thinks they're gonna get there. They even have like creature removal, haha. <laughs> but bandage, <laughs> like. The removal was already pretty good, right? Like the the removal was so insane, even in like al like even in super early set, like alpha beta, and then they come up with like bandage. <laughs> it's just like so hilarious to me. Like like what like what happened? Like why is like why is this necessary? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, you you want to cycle it, right? Salt supply just doesn't cycle. Mm -hmm. There we go. It's a misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, so do we want to take a look at actually, because they played eight rounds on the first day, do you want to know what the uh, the three eight and O's were? 
Yeah, hit us. Pardon. Actually, you, you, you want to give us like a rundown? Yeah, so we have Chris Pakula, who is absolutely infamous or famous, actually, <laughs> I should say, in Magic now with his Dead Guy Brew, which is like black, white, mid-range. Everyone will know Dead Guy who plays Legacy now. We have Jeff uh, Robuski on Goblins and Philip Stolze. Is that how you say it, German? With uh, if it's German, it would be Stolze. Stolze. And then uh, you've been three-color Angel Stompy. So this is quite a wild one. This is... It's pretty wild. Like, it, it also finding the list was pretty hard because they didn't post it. But he was like, I found another list of his that he played, and I'm pretty sure that's the one. Some of these numbers are just like, I gotta have, I gotta run through it. So it's one Isamaru, four Exalted Angel, four Silver Knight. So that's a good shout to Goblins being big. Four Meddling Mage, two Dark Confident, four Knight of the Holy Nimbus, which is as you do, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Four Brainstorm, three Jitte, four Duress, four Source of Plowshares. So look, that's a great mix of spells. That's very respectable. And we're about to get to the next bit. <laughs> two Serum Visions, two Swords of Fire and Ice, two Chrome Mocks. <laughs> I mean... Also the I, mana base, like two Ancient Tombs along with like Tundra, Scrubland, all that oh kind of stuff. Oh my god, yeah. Four Tundra, four Scrubland, <laughs> no Underground Sea, two Basic Plains, two Ancient Tomb. Seven fetches, all white, and a flagstones of Trickair. Yeah, because you got two Armageddon in the sideboard, so we play the one flagstones in the main. Of course, of course. <laughs> Loving Three it. Tividar's Crusade sideboard, you hateful person. Yeah, that, that destroys all goblins, by the way. Yeah. One <laughs> white, white, sorry, all goblins. Three Jotun Grunt, which was like... Oh, man. That's Good like old an old uh, anti-graveyard tech. It was like one yeah. and a white for a 4-4. Four, four. Cumulative upkeep, you put like two cards from yeah. players' graveyard in the bottom of their library. So you do dude. two, then four, then yeah. that was like, dude, that was like, that was like the, the scavenging ooze for poor people. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also two Okiba Gang Shinobi. Hell yeah! That's the I don't actually know how much it costs, but it's three and a black to ninjutsu. And I think it's like, like five. If you actually yeah. can look it up. And then it's like a three two that whenever it, or three one whenever it does damage to an opponent, they discard two cards from their hand. So oh nice, that's your anti combo tech right there. <clears throat> yeah, you for four and to cast it as five. Yeah, and then yeah. two perish to play against the nimble one gooses and the were bears and stuff. So yeah, pretty sick deck. Can we talk about the elephant in the room that is Knight of the Holy Nimbus? <laughs> oh man, please! Like I like I opened this card in a booster pack back then uh in during time spiral i was not a competitive player back then uh, but i remember i remember this card very well because it just didn't die like i played again i played with this card against all my friends in, in back in like elementary school or middle school and like they just couldn't beat this card it's a two mana two two white knight with flanking and it has this crazy part of text where it says if knight of the holy nimbus would be destroyed regenerated done that's it period can't kill it can't kill it right you, you you cannot kill this dude and like all every of course everyone in my class i did, didn't play any removal right <laughs> so it was only combat and i would like chump like for like decades with this and uh it just you know it was just there the <laughs> right, whole time. Right, it has one more ability i guess <laughs> oh yeah it has, the, it, has, <laughs> it has one more dude it's like almost like the, the pure power creep in like time spiral holy smokes it has like so much text uh, for two mana, Knight of the Holy Nimbus can't be regenerated this turn. Only your opponents may activate this ability. Well, I didn't read out this ability to my opponents. Like they didn't, <laughs> they didn't really know that they could do this. You know? Of course, <laughs> that's how Kai won all these but, uh, like, kitty tournaments back yeah, then. He was but it, yeah, okay. But it plays really nicely with Armageddon, right? Like you know, can't do it if you don't have the mana, I guess. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Uh huh. Do we have like wastelands? No, we don't. Okay. Um. 
Dude, I, I just can't get over that there's two ancient tombs and we play like four meddling mage, four silver knights. Uh, I, was like the, I was like the knight is like double white. Double white. <laughs> but I mean, you, can, you can turn two exhausted angel morph, turn three unmorph. I mean, technically you can like turn one exalted angel in yeah. this deck with Chromox. Yeah, <laughs> that is a power play. Like, the, yeah, like the, the more we look at this deck, like, you know, like, because Ancient Tomb and Dark Confidence also um, deal a lot of damage to you, to you but um, there are three copies of Umizawa, Jite, you know, and Ancient Tomb and Jite go very well together. And, like, it is, it is, it's, it's, pre it's pretty hard to grasp, but um, I think that the deck does a really good job of fixing its own problems. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he went nine and zero. He was the only nine and zero after round nine, so there's there's something to it. Actually, he didn't make it into the top eight, though, right? I'm looking at the top eight right now. Okay, so he must have fallen down hard from there. He was nine mm -hmm. and zero, and then still didn't make top eight. Too. That's yeah, something. At, at a 400 player event, right? Almost 500. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, it happens. Happens. Um, <laughs> we actually have 25 percent of goblins in day two, by the way. Let's go, boys. We, we, we don't see numbers like this in Legacy anymore these days, do we? No. No. I guess, it was, I guess it was like the level one just best-ish deck. And so, and it's always been popular as well. Like, yeah. yeah. When you think about it, like the way Goblins looked back then, I mean, obviously it looks different now, but it, it doesn't look that crazy different. It's not that crazy different at all. No. Mm -hmm. huh. which, is, which is amazing. I mean the core like with like matrons and ringleaders and even lucky uh like war chief doesn't see as much play anymore even though i love it uh but that's also like because like we got i guess chieftain and other stuff but at the core also wilds that's I think war chief still is like two-ish of and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I played against oh god i played against so many goblins the other day <laughs> awesome <laughs> oh, and apparently it's like popular again yeah and yeah that that was the first day uh for the second day they played it out all the way to the top eight and guys should we, should we go should we take a look at what actually made top eight and i guess these are the final standings after the top eight so maybe you start in eighth place mm-hmm Awesome. Let me let me look it up. Where I got it somewhere here, dude. I have too many tabs. I want to be professional <laughs> oh, and I open everything up before we start the broadcast, and then I. I... Oh man. <laughs> okay. In eighth place, we got Lamb Fam, and some of for some of you this might ring a bell because Lamb Fam actually got top eight at GP New Jersey in 2014. Heck yeah. Heck with yeah. his sudden shocks, <clears throat> blue red standstill baby. That was so cool. Yeah, dude. Yeah, blue red standstill <laughs> with three sudden shock losing to Infect. Which yeah. like sudden shock Crazy. Infect. Come on, how do you do it? I mean, yeah. I mean you can, I guess. Lamb but. also like I think Lamb Fam is uh, is one of the creators of the initial like Canadian threshold deck. I think mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, like Sounds the one with Tarmogoyf and Nimble Mongoose and Fire yeah. Eyes and Russian River. He's one of those two Canadian guys who did that. I'm pretty sure. I, I think so too. So yeah, he got he got eighth place. He was playing blue, white, green. So Barnes threshold. With, that was with, with the wildest mana base. If you're so used to like the classic eighteen land <laughs> thing. Oh my god, this is amazing. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, before I take a look at the mana base, the, the big discussion back then. I remember that from like people even like talking about it later. Is uh, it's rock. Or it's Bond. Like people were like, "Oh, you should play. I don't know. You should play Bond because you get uh, Mystic Enforcer and Meddling Mage." And people were like, "No, you should play Red because you get Fletchling Dragon, and you for, most importantly you get Lightning Bolt." So mm. even the top eight, we got a mix of both. <clears throat> so for Lamb Fam, well, we we got your typical setup, right? We have eighteen lands, which to this day is like a staple in, in Delvadex. But then we got seven fetch lands. Well, no wasteland as well. Eighteen lands, yeah. but no wasteland. 18 lands with no wasteland. Actually, oh, that's more than. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. 
Then we got four tropical, three tundra, which is like kind of normal. But then we got four basic lands, one forest, one plains, <laughs> two islands. Like that's that's sacred, right? People, like for, for decades, people have been trying to hammer at home that you don't play basic lands in your three tricolor uh, Delver deck. I mean, right. to me, this deck is not being a tempo deck. It's still a mid range deck. Like, it's right. it's got four You're dazes, right. but there's no wastelands. It's got four humanist knowledge as well, four sorts of plowshares, which is kind of I know you can play that in Delver decks, but like it's kind of against what you're doing as well so i really see this as a mid-range deck but it's just leaning on kind of the the power of nibble mongoose rather than the tempo aspect of it that we're used to it's true yeah actually the, the more i look at it like you mentioned right like, three predicts two counter spells four accumulated knowledge yeah this is a there's a lot of card advantage in this deck. yeah like the, yeah this deck can pretty much like you know just go grind yeah also on the sideboard, you got two copies of Mist. What did we actually do with Misdirection? Was it just like additional copies of Force of Will? I'm trying to try. Like, Kim is a good one. Oh yeah, him is a good one. I, I was wondering like whether you do in the mirror you try to like misdirect swords, but that seems horrible. Like <laughs> misdirect <laughs> swords to your nimble mongoose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also, like it's probably not gonna work anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two spheres of law, which is like the one where all creatures gain protection. I don't know. Whenever two damage. You prevent oh, two damage. Okay, from let me actually look at it. It's an enchantment, three colorless and a white. If a red source would deal damage to you, prevent two of that damage. Yeah, pretty insane against goblins. And, and so. burn, I guess. I guess. Grim Love Monsters and crap. Yeah. Yeah. Against Pile Driver still gets there, but that's really the only one. Yeah. Hmm. And then he's got like two Hydro Blasts as well and two Blue Elemental Blasts. So, I mean, he is ready for goblins. As you had to right. do back then. Because the, the main deck probably gets run over by goblins. Yeah. Also, actually, what, what is even good in, in, in the main deck against goblins? Like, you honestly yeah. probably just have to like play this, just stay alive, trade off the webbears and mongoose if you can, and then the mystic enforcer just flies over. Mystic enforcer needs to get there. Yeah, yeah the two off. Yeah, <laughs> that's also probably like something really smart that you need to name a threatening mage. The problem though is like, if I remember correctly, goblins play gem palm incinerator, which can yeah. be cycled to kill any creatures. Basically, you, you probably, I would guess, you named matron or ringleader probably in most of the time. Then they still have Vile. Ah, it hurts so bad. <laughs> yeah. A Vile is just completely insane against this deck. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But, the, this, but this, this deck for, like, you know, for the first Legacy event, it, this deck looks like a proper deck, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like the sideboard looks almost like a proper sideboard, like you would expect, right? With, like, Blue Elemental Blast, a Disenchant, uh, like, Misdirect. Okay, Misdirection is a little odd, but naturalize and pithy need like all these cards we also almost yeah we also see like today in inside boards and uh like additional creatures such as like meddling mage i can definitely see that uh, meddling mage is more common in sideboard these days uh, than in main decks um but there were just not very really good threats back then so uh um yeah you had to play what you know what uh, was given basically you know what i remember from back then is i think there was a cheapy lil a couple months later People played Peak in the main deck, so they had an easier time figuring out what they want to name with Meddling Mage. Oh, so, so cool. <laughs> when I looked at those deck lists back then, I thought, oh, that's why Meddling Mage is there, right? It's it's like your you get probe from Wish, you you peak and then you meddling mage, whatever they have. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> also also when you play a format that like where no one has a clue what they're what they're doing, like you, you better wanna peek, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> peek so and see your bandages. So how you explain it when like, you go to the top eight of the biggest GP in a while, like, oh yeah. Yeah, I just like, wanna see what, what they got. What if you like 
because it might have happened like a lot of the times where when, when you melee mage something that's not in their opponent not in your opponent's deck maybe mm-hmm. peak peak name bandage yeah <laughs> <laughs> get that <laughs> i wonder whether like bandage randomly won a game where like somebody was like attacking with like but well, i guess not a tarmogolf but let's say a fledgling dragon and then right. you you bandage for the exact one damage that you needed to survive and swing back for the build. Right. i do totally <laughs> Probably, but like you know, know like I, but I, m- I mentioned this with like the proper side build because i want to quickly transition to the um what is it the, the sixth place in this top eight who ha- did exactly the opposite um, ben Goodman, I'm sorry, Ben, I, but I'm gonna shit talk your sideboard for just really quickly because this gentleman <laughs> has three copies of Nimble Mongoose in the sideboard. In the, in the sideboard. sideboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's for like standstill, I guess. <laughs> what is happening, dude? Like, why? They, why like, also, like, why they have three Nimble Mongoose? Like, why not four? Like, I'm what? just gonna say point out one thing it might be an error because i see three pithing needle main deck maybe that's meant to be a switch oh, around dude okay well ben i think you're good i'm uh, guessing you know, it up on the wizards website then. <laughs> oh my god oh my this, goodness this is yeah. on the web the web archive and it probably is just wizards reporting it wrong from okay, 2005 please, because but be it would make hila- sense it would be hilarious if nimble mongoose was there. so on on the wizards official website it says that the Nimble uh, Mongoose in the, in the sidebar, but yeah, it, it looks awkward for sure. And there's three Pithy Needle main deck, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's probably like never hearing the end of this, like all around the world. Everybody, like, oh, by the yeah. way, I'm Ben. Oh, Ben Goodman, the, the guy, guy from Nimble Mongoose. He probably like changed his name by now uh, or something. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, maybe Ben really hated Ether while, like, you, you never know, right? Like, yeah. you know, I mean, oh, it's possible. It's, pos- it's possible. Like, Ether while, like, is real. The, Dude, the more I look at this meta game and like the dominance of, of goblins, like, the more I think that it's not crazy to have main deck hate for Ether Vile. Dude, the thing is, uh, uh, okay, so here it is. I remembered that at GP Lil, people had main deck Ether Wilds in Threshold. And I just looked it up and it's actually true. Helmut Sammerstrager won GP in Lil in 2005. He literally played two copies of Pithing Needle in the main deck and, and Barnes Threshold. All right, Kai, flip a, flip a coin. You can shit talk it on our heads. <laughs> So, you know yeah. what? You can flip a coin. Uh, heads, ben, you c- Ben's deck gets shit-talked. Tails, we think it's an error. Oh, like, you, you're like I don't need to flip a coin. I I already know that this is a shit deck, so... <laughs> Aww. Aww. Dude, it has three sleight of hand and four serum visions. And one copy of Disrupting Show. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember what a proper... Like, it counters something, you have to pitch something of the same mana cost, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's oh crazy. yeah, <laughs> that's not awkward at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dude, if these people could see, like, I don't know, force of negation these days, they would be like, "Oh my god, you got the future technology." I mean, but- can't counter turn one lucky. Oh yeah, see, that's another big thing. Yeah, like, we I- keep going back to this. <laughs> this, is, this is so important. But yeah, this deck also like a lot more mid rangey with like four predicts. I mean, it doesn't have accumulated knowledge. Uh, but it also does, of course, have them for three copies of Mystic Enforcer and three copies of Tivada's Crusade. You know, sideboarding back then was like a lot more straightforward. You goblins, yeah. okay, I Tivada's Crusade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three Armageddon as well. Four copies of Hydroblast, which is like an like how many ways do we have to answer turn one lucky? We got like four Hydroblast, we got four Swords to Plowshares, we got four Force of Oil. Three Nimble Longish to sideboard in? Yeah, we, we probably <laughs> do. 
we get like if we are on the draw we can have like two engineered explosives and like all of our two drops like yeah you really had to uh, fight two for nature dude, to not I, get I, done in dude, I, I really gotta stop this like i gotta board in this nimble mongoose <laughs> you board in the nimble mongoose and then you like open a hand of like your, your basic planes two of your basic islands and then <laughs> But it's, it's so beautiful, right? Because you got your goblin mongoose. So even if they have champion Matsuna right there, they cannot get rid of the mongoose. Mm -hmm. That's goblin lucky gets like stonewalled. Kinda. I, I, I think like we should probably make a poll between like nimble mongoose and bandage. I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, we need no to find. We need to find out if the, the this main deck is right though. I I, I, sure I can be convinced that you're right. I can be convinced. But see, see, I'm I'm pretty. I'm like ninety nine percent sure because okay. it's. If you look at a little later on, that was a thing. And Helmut Samusberger won with two pithing needles in the main deck. Fair enough. The, the Mungus in the sideboard is awkward, but needles in the main deck is very much a thing. For, I guess, for I guess Vile time. just single-handedly destroys this deck, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, maybe it's not as crazy if you, if you think about like like how people build decks, maybe. like Maybe Ben had his 75 figured out. He just wanted to see like where, like, you know, like which part of the deck he only won once in game number one, right? So it's like he he already knew about the three Nimble Mongoose and the three Piffin Needle, but he just he just split basically uh just reversed the um the order. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't need to like make it look good. It, it, it's just <laughs> you don't feel to feel, need to feel guilty about this. I, I don't know. But, but yeah. okay, so there's there's another threshold deck, and this time it's Ruck or Canadian threshold. Uh, it's it's not really what we would later go on to call Canadian Threshold, but it's still Ruck, well, what do we call it? Like Ruck Grow back then? Ruck Threshold, I guess? Played by Pat McGregor. Isn't that like some mixed martial arts fighter or something? I'm pretty sure there's like Patrick McGregor, isn't that? He either played like Anakin in the Star Wars movies or he's like a mixed martial arts fighter. Oh, yeah, I know who you mean. Um, Which one though? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the fighter, the Irish guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And apparently he got top eight in a GP Philadelphia 2005 playing Rock Threshold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the core is kind of similar. Honestly, this deck just like looks straight up so much better than the other yeah. Threshold decks. Mana base is super clean. Four drops, four volcanics, eight fetchlands, two islands. Super, super clean. No, no wasteland again, though. Yeah, and also no forests or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also like the... Um, I And this deck has almost only four offs which is beautiful like it has a two off fledgling dragon but everything else is a four off nimble mongoose werebear serum visions mental node really excited about this card because of threshold lightning bolt force of will four off fire and ice four days four counter spell and four brainstorm so clean yeah i love it really that's cool. a really really cool deck yeah this this almost looks like a stock list almost like you know like there's no fancy really no fanciness going on like the most linear straightforward deck building possible in the main deck and the sideboard has the sideboard is one of my favorites um among the the all the the top eight competitors because it has uh one of my absolute favorite artifacts of all time which is a winter almost script no, okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> do you like the number of sideboard cards as well oh yeah dude okay so it's the sideboard and the sideboard unfortunately there is no four off in the sideboard so we have uh, we, so we break the, the brand a little bit here but we have three Winter Orbs, which I really like against Control. We have two Tormod Script, two Red Elemental Blast, two Pyroclasm. Interesting tech versus Goblins. You know, you can do it in Rock Colors too. Three Pyroblasts and three Naturalized. And now I realize that this guy plays five Pyroblast effects and not a single Blue Blast. 
Where, yeah, yeah, which is got, which is quite odd, right? Given that goblins were so dominant. Yeah, the thing is though, like you don't really beat goblins by countering their spells or destroying their permanents, right? I see. Maybe Winter Orb was good. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, actually kind of funny when you think about it, like Winter Orb could actually be good against goblins. I never thought yeah, about this, but like if if you counter or uh, or naturalize the the ether vial and you land Winter Orb, like that's how that's how you beat tribal decks mostly. I guess the idea is that you. Like, you either win in the air with Fletchling Dragon, which, like, the threshold grows to a 4-4, a four, four, I believe. Or is it a 5-5? Five, five? Um, actually, I can just mouse over to figure it out again. Dude, I should remember this. It grows to a 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, fly, fly, flyer. And then you got, like, Mimble Mongoose and Werber on the on the ground trying to hold back the fort. And eventually you find, like, I don't know, Pyroclasm. And then you, you just kill goblins in, like, one or two swings. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's probably the game plan. Also, Lecky, you're not crazy over equipped for Lecky. I guess you got forces on the draw. You also got fire eyes on the play. You got days. You got uh, Nimble Mongoose, Rare Bear. I think you're actually okay against Lecky. I think some of the, these other, other decks they really went out of their way to <laughs> make sure not to be hit by Lecky. <laughs> but I think this, this strikes a pretty good balance. I, I don't know. At the time, I remember I thought I liked Bond strategies a lot more, but I quickly grew to like Rakdiver the most out of all. But I call it Diver, right? You get the idea. Like Tempo, mm. Threshold, what what, what, what you mm-hmm. want to call it. Oops, now I clicked the dragon. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Tells me it's not allowed in modern. Ah, oh, too bad. Oh, <laughs> would have been too good. Pleasant <laughs> dragon, though. What a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the red uh, Mystic Enforcer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got fifth place, Paul... Serenisi is is that no that last name? Sigorini is the one who, who with Dave Garrett made yeah. to, uh, Team America. So this is a different point. Now this is by far the coolest deck in the top eight. <laughs> it is right. <laughs> it's so cool. Okay, yeah, take it away. Uh, oh my god! So it's named Salvage Game, and so just to like ease you in, it's got two Oryx Salvages and four Lion's Eye Diamonds and a Pirate Spell Bomb. So that, if anyone doesn't know, I guess you're playing Legacy, so you know Salvages and LED is infinite mana. Pirate Spell Bomb, you then rebuy to pirate them out. But it gets wild. So the other only other creature is Gamekeeper. Gamekeeper, when it dies, you may exile it if you do reveal cards from top of your library until you reveal a creature card. Put that card into the battlefield and put all of the cards revealed this way into your graveyard. And then it has a bunch of like kind of ways to sacrifice. It has like innocent bloods and cabal therapies, so you can sacrifice gamekeepers. So they're essentially more copies of salvages because you know gamekeeper. If you hit another gamekeeper, you can you know, get into salvages. And it puts all the cards milled into your graveyard. So you're probably milling into the Lion's Eye Diamonds and maybe the Pirate Spell Bomb. So I'm working out the combo on the fly here. So if I have something's wrong. Oh, oh, you've never seen this one? This used to be like really big. Okay, well, no, I'm working out. And then- It, is, you... it was called Golden Grahams as like Golden the, Grahams. you know, serials <laughs> nickname. Awesome those name. De- those deck names. I'm just looking through it, <laughs> talking about it and smiling. I'm just so cool. Then you've got four G-Rest, four Cabal Therapy, four Innocent Blood, four Living Wish. And so we've got like a, God, you've got Kegamaro first to suffer, killed her and dead. Another game. Keep- dead, dude. Seriously, look at that card. Like Kai didn't believe me that this was a, in a top <laughs> oh, of a legacy goodness, GP. <laughs> but yeah, a, you know we gotta read this one out. It's an, yep. a skeleton, one black. When Kyrador and Dead comes to play, sacrifice a creature. <laughs> it's a three-one, and it has regeneration for a black, but that doesn't matter. It's much. Genius! You get to living wish for a sack outlet. To sack exactly right. Amazing. <laughs> so um, then you've got. Two Night's Whispers, just as a generic good card. Four Dark Rituals. Four Tainted Pact. This one surprised me. Tainted Pact, if anyone doesn't know, is one black for an instant. 
You reveal the top card of your library, remove the top card of your library from the game, sorry. You may put that card into your hand unless it has the same name as another card removed this way. Repeat this process until you put a card into your hand or you remove two cards with the same name, whichever comes first. So there's a lot of like four ofs in this deck. So I don't really understand this one, but I guess it's just the best kind of tutor you have access to. You have, I guess, you have a Crozen Reclamation, which is shuffles cards back into your library with flashback. So I guess if you mill yourself by mistake or something... <laughs> it's by mistake as it happens, right? And then you got you got LEDs, chromatic spheres, which can draw your deck if you make infinite mana. And then you have the one pirate as the, as the kill. And Actually, then, is there is there a way where we go like where we use tainted pack to exile our library? That doesn't really do anything, right? Problem is like the moment you hit the pirate, pirate spell bomb. You, oh, you you don't even get to exile your library. You're right. Yeah, you have to keep the pirate because you can't win well you can win with Caramera first to suffer if I remember correctly oh yeah you can also win with uh, Darkseed Colossus yeah I guess you make infinite mana like yeah you can can wish for Darkseed Colossus you make infinite mana and then with a sphere you draw into it and then you get a Darkseed Colossus from your but you need you have two Darkseed Colossus in (laughs) sideboard right (laughs) yeah because I guess the first is not enough I guess so uh, this, this is such the sideboard is seriously. you've got you've got a salvages and a gamekeeper as extra things to find from your deck and you have a viridian zealot as your like artifact enchantment removal two dark steel colossus because the first is not always enough uh you've got a trinket mage to go and find combo pieces you got octavia orangutan six monkeys to kill i guess you know other artifacts you got the gamekeeper as i said you got a city of brass if you need a mana ray of revelation no way to choose to this actually it's just a Raw dogging array revelation, but okay, I'm I'm slowly r- recognizing something. But ah, you, but you you, you, mi- you mill into the ray with the gamekeeper. Yeah, 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 yeah okay, exactly. Okay, because of the gamekeeper, right? Yeah, exactly. Kills your undead, as we said, as a sack outlet, and then Kegamaro first to suffer as a board uh, board wipe to living wish for. I mean, it's crazy deck, isn't it? And sorry, for tsunami, <laughs> how could I forget that one? <laughs> <laughs> tsunami is three in the green all islands in play are destroyed just screw you easy straight for these sideboards are a lot more straightforward like i need mm. removal i can living wish for okay let's let me get this kagamero first to suffer five mana creature <laughs> like, that's how we do it um but yeah you you know what you could actually do you could take out like the salvagers and some part of the combo and you just bring in two dark sea colossus and then you gamekeeper into dark sea colossus against a non salt to plowshares deck yeah i guess so yeah, that makes sense. I wonder if, like, that's, that's also, like, why there's yeah. two, so I don't know, maybe... Oh, and just in case if you draw the first one, maybe? Yeah, yeah, Because exactly. there's no brainstorm? I think yeah. I think the two, I think you're bang, I bet you're bang on, and it didn't occur to me at all. It like, could be it, I'm not sure. How can Goblins no, be this, a Darkseal Colossus? No, this, this, is, this is really smart, right? Because, like, if, if you looked at the, the previous um, sideboards, like, we saw, like, Tomo scripts and things, right? And people are definitely going to bring in those, like, heavy sideboard um, it is. So, um, like, yeah, there's this... This is almost like a like a sh- like a sort of like a show and tell deck post sideboard. <laughs> we, we will do the, the evolution of show and yeah, tell one day. But, Maybe but that's yeah, another episode. But again, like you better not cast this innocent blood afterwards. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> dude, this, uh, there's so much stuff going on in this. Uh, this is uh, by the way, I, I mentioned Golden Grams. Golden Grams is similar, but it didn't. It wasn't that tacked out. It was straight up just a gamekeeper salvages combo. <laughs> but this is this is a little bit more next level. Chromatic spheres in there. I guess that allows you to draw your deck as well. I guess mm-hmm. Pirate Spellbomb does the same. This is this is something. Well, Pirate Spellbomb <laughs> just kills, but the spheres then like draw into your the deck into your spellbomb. But the spellbomb also can control the deck, right? If you, you have can, infinite mana. But you might as well just kill them. 
But you oh, yeah. can draw a deck <laughs> so, at the same so, time. So much better, so much better. <laughs> <laughs> we right. saw the line. <laughs> but you can draw a deck and then kill them. That's fine. I mean, that, that's, that's a micro save line, right? Uh, yeah. First, I'm going to draw my deck. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's true, it's true. By the way, Innocent Blood, one of the coolest, cleanest answers to turn one Goblin Lecky in the format. Yeah. Yeah, that's just yeah. like not, nothing they can really do about that. Love Unless that. they go Chrome Mox, two lackeys. <laughs> <laughs> nothing they could do. Hashtag two lackeys. Okay, two yeah. lackeys, one, one attack or something. Okay. And then at the end, you got like 19 lands, just fetches and basics and jewels. Yeah. Oh, what a cool deck. Like, yeah. as I said, I, I hadn't seen it before, so I was working out as so I went along, so I'm probably missing some nuances, but oh, so cool. A little surprised to not see um, any like um, sack lands. Fraxian Tower, it? yeah, yeah, the Fraxian Tower, right? Like, cause that that car is like the like one of the best sack outlets. And I almost did the really stupid thing where like I went through your salvages, you got gamekeepers, so obviously you'll have some Fraxian Towers. Then I looked quickly, I was like, oh, there's not actually. Okay, oh. yeah. I mean, you you have innocent blood and for uh, cable therapy, so that's like eight sack outlets. Sure, yeah. But instead of like first and tall, we have like Kildron dead. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Maybe that's actually the better card to wish for on yeah. the first and tall. <laughs> What's also another little layered thing is because the gamekeepers, technically, you've got three gamekeepers main deck and two salvages. Technically, you could hit like the two other gamekeepers before the salvages. But, the yeah, but then you mill the Cabal Therapies, which is exactly. really nice. So you can still miss. There is a tiny fail rate, but I, I didn't clock that at first as well. So you, you usually will just get salvages. It's so funny you mentioned that because it literally took me over a decade to figure out that, like, because I was literally wondering, like, years ago, what if you gamekeeper into gamekeepers? Like, oh, yeah, there's cable therapies in the yard as well, yeah. most likely. It's like, okay. Mm. <laughs> but you know, you're the top two cards of your library, just gamekeepers. <laughs> so, <Sorry. laughs> like, gamekeeper, gamekeeper, gamekeeper. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> okay. So Amazing. now we move on to the to the semifinals. So in the semifinals, Pasquale Ruggiero dropped out playing Red White Rifter. And Rifter, very much an old school deck. Based on um, uh, what's it called again? Astro Slide. Why is there no Astro Slide? Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoa! Wait, there's no Astro Slide. I guess it's just like leaning on Lightning Rift. And, uh, oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Astro Slide was like okay. Yeah, see, yeah. Astro Slide is what I didn't extend it, and I was like bad. But this is straight up just just um, uh, Rift up with um, uh, Lightning Rift. Where is it? It's the one where you can cycle your... Whenever you cycle, you can pay one colorless. And if you do, you get to shock somebody, right? Or something. Okay, you know what? I'm actually going to read it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you shock somebody. It's an, okay, so this is... At the core, this is a red-white control deck. Lightning Rift is an enchantment, one colorless and a red. Whenever a player cycles a card, you may pay a colorless if you do deal two damage to target creature or player. So this is actually especially interesting because if you played the mirror, both players could activate their lightning rift if somebody cycled a card. So <laughs> yeah. that might be a lot more awkward. <laughs> uh. Then at the core, uh, where, where do we start here? Like, this is so different from anything any, anybody ever played, right? Like, red-white control hasn't been a thing in Legacy in, like, 20 years or something. Uh, we got four copies of Eternal Dragon, very much a staple. Uh, cycled to find your, your plateaus, I guess. And... Also triggered the lightning rift. Abeyance, another card. Like this is this is Orm's chant before Orm's chant was was a thing, right? It's uh, an instant, a colorless, and a white. And until end of turn, target player can't cast instant or sorcery spells, and that player can't activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. Draw a card. I mean, draw a card is why it's like two mana instead of one mana, I guess, mm -hmm. compared to Orm's chant. The thing is, like printed on the card, it literally just says or activated or abilities requiring an activation cost. So I remember, and I don't know if that was ever the proper text for it, I remember there was a time where people played this to literally time walk. 
because the opponent couldn't tap their lands for mana, right? <laughs> and oh, I don't horrible. think that was ever how it worked, but I remember when I started, people played it like that. And I'm not sure that's ever how it worked <laughs> because that seems a little bit broken. <laughs> Instant speed time walk, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think it's an attack here, I guess. But yeah, that's a way to, to I guess, protect your combo, time walk your opponent in, in some ways, especially against combo, right? Against combo, you can stop them somewhat dead in the tracks. Uh, then you got Akroma's Vengeance, which is a six mana sorcery, destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments, and it has cycling for three. You got the Cree of Justice, which allow. Well, I guess if you ever played it, it was two colorless and two white, and then XX, create X white angel creature tokens with flying. Nobody ever did that. But you could also cycle it for two colorless and a white. And when you did, you could pay X and create X11 soldier creature tokens. So that was a way to get around, for example, Landstill. Landstill played it itself. Here we play three copies of it. Okay. We play. More cycle spells. You play Renewed Faith, which you can cast for six life or cycle for two life. Uh, slice and Dice, another. That's a really cool one. You could cycle it for colorless and a red, and it would deal one damage to each creature. Or you can cast it for six and deal four damage to each creature. I played this as anti-Young uh, Pyromancer attack in Legacy. Oh, you did really? During, really the, during the like Dig Through Time or Treasure Cruise days. Really nice. Yeah. People really were really nice. desperate back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's cool. We also got two copies of Pyroclasm, two copies of Disenchant, uh, of course, four copies of Swords to Plowshares, two main deck copies of Rune of Protection Red. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just screw you, Goblin, slash your cycles. That's such a different... That's like Legacy was a very different beast back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we also got three copies of Humility. Uh, yeah. I guess it makes a lot of sense when you have like Decree of Justice, like you can Dude, become also, the king of humility. Also like humility plus uh, slice and dice is, is just bonkers, right? Ooh, like yeah. everyone is, yeah, yeah every kid is a 1-1 one, one without any abilities. Like, and slice and dice is literally Wrath of God for three mana at instant speed and you draw a card. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it's just like, bro. That's, That's pretty bad. good. That's it reminds pretty me good. of Terminus. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, also you got eight uh, eight cycle lands, four forgotten cave, four secluded step. You play twenty six lands altogether, which like I mean, yeah, you have eight cycle lands, but that's a lot. That's a lot. Mm. But the game plan is pretty straightforward, right? You you get lightning rift down, and then you just kill everything, and eventually you <laughs> just end up winning because the Curve of Justice is just like better than everything. Kinda. Yeah. Also, you got some kind of inevitability with like lightning dragon, especially in the first game, and they probably don't attack your yard. So, I mean, I, I can't really get excited for this kind of deck because it's just like red-white control and like whoever gets excited for red-white control, but... I think it's cool. <laughs> it's cool, it's, it's cool. It's pretty destructive, but it also um, it has almost nothing against combo decks except those um, three copies of Abeyance. And, and a fourth like, copy in the sideboard, yeah. And the fourth copy in the sideboard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this deck, this deck is pretty much like, dude, fuck all creatures, really. Yeah. Like, the, all yeah. of them. There's three rule of lore in the sideboard. Uh huh. I mean, you gotta do something, right? But yeah, yeah. There, there, there's even like more, two more pyroclasms in the sideboard. Like what? <laughs> like, what? Do what? What the hell's going on? I mean, there's also looking, of the look, fields in the sideboard. Look at the metagame numbers and the top eight. Like combo wasn't really a thing. Yeah, I mean that's what I talk about when. I mean, I I, I sound like the old man yelling at the crowd at the cloud, but. The legacy I grew up in, combo was a lot less pronounced than it is today. I think these days when you go to a big tournament, you have to have combo on your mind, like on your radar. And back then, most combo decks were like, eh. They were like, okay, but n not nearly as dominant as, as they are. Like, 
I can't even say combo-decks are dominant in Legacy right now, right? I mean, they. I guess they have been at times. But back then, really, combo was more like, oh yeah, I guess that also exists. But a lot of them mm. were not nearly as good relative to the rest of the format uh, as they are, or as they have been for like 10, 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And I always blame Grizzlebrand. For me, like, there's combo before Grizzlebrand, and there's combo after Grizzlebrand. And I guess Past and Flames also, like, was a huge... I mean, that's all the same year, right? 2011. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Innistrad block fucked everything Innistrad. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Callum came into the format, they were like, okay, let's step up the game for combo Let's here. go. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, as I mentioned, like, parts of the fields in the sideboard, that card has been so frustrating to a lot of, like, new players because I didn't know how to beat that card. It's an instant, you gain four life, then if an opponent has more life, then you return parts of the field to its owner's hand. Unbeatable. It's kind of funny because when you think about it, back then we even had mana burn, so aggro decks could mana burn themselves to try to get around (laughs) (laughs) it. That's cool. But, but then you get lightning rifted out of the game at some point. Ooh, so it all works together. <laughs> cool. So third place, we got Tom Smart very smartly playing. By the way, Tom Smart got top 32 at Eternal Week in 2015, my notes nice. say here. So hey, so oh, he nice. stuck around. Very smart player, picked goblins for this tournament, made nice. it all the way to the semifinals. And I guess this is our first proper look at a goblin stack back then. And it pretty much looks like how you would expect it to look like, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's also some some new inclusion to the stack uh, which I'm super excited about. Like the um, the main one is Kiki Jiki, and Kiki Jiki came out in the very same year as this Grand Prix. Like um, Kiki Jiki also came out in um, 2005, mm-hmm. and like it was you know, champions the, of Kamigawa, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, champion uh, betrayers of Kamigawa, I think. Yeah. Um, and oh, like it's the Tori Gate, right? Tor- the Tori Gate's champions, I thought. It, yeah, the the gate is. That, that oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. It's champions betrays is the, the star. The, the star. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like a shuriken. It's yes, like you know, it. like the, the thing you ninjas um, throw. Anyway, yeah. um, but like you know, with, with limited testings, um, it I I'm super impressed to see Kikichiki already in a deck like this, right? I mean, maybe it's it's pretty obvious to, to um to copy like Siege King Commanders and you know other things like Matrians and things, but if you only see one copy of Siege King Commander in. in in exchange, you get this Kikijiki, which can kind of like copy anything you already have, which I think is pretty good move, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, yeah. Like I just had a quick look at Jonathan Soms in first. Like he didn't have it either. So yeah, it's pretty heads up to just. It's it's a five mana card, and I know you have Lackey to kind of cheat it in sometimes, but to put an expensive card like that in your deck, kind of just mm-hmm. just after coming out, is always a bit risky and stuff. But I yeah. mean, now we know. Obviously, after years of it around, we know how powerful the card is. Right, but it's so cool to see like to see two goblin stacks like decks in the in the top eight, and they're both so different. Like this, for example, from by Thomas Smart, also has three copies of Souls of Plowshares in the main deck already, which uh might be a game changer in the mirror, maybe you know, because you got mm. out there to their goblin lackeys and not vice versa. Yeah. I don't know. It was pretty common back then for goblins to splash either white or red. Uh, yeah, <laughs> splash red. <laughs> either white or green. <laughs> Sometimes people pl- uh, splashed green for Tin Street Hooligan because it allowed you to destroy Chitter. But mm-hmm. ca- can you? Okay, that's actually pretty hard to see if you don't if you haven't played back then. What is the problem with Tin Street Hooligan destroying Chitter? That's a big problem in this deck. In in goblins in general, and and, and it's also present in. Uh, this deck, yes, it's also present. If this deck was to play Tin Street Hooligan, what is the problem if you want to destroy Chitter with it? If you had, like, green Well, mana. there's no tiger. Okay, if you had green mana. Yeah. Uh... Is, it it a actually... mayor... is it a mayor or must effect? 
Because you can't file it in, is that the answer? Let me actually look it up again because I need to reread the text on 10th Street Hood again. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's yeah, no yeah, problem. Yeah, here it is. Okay, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to read it out to people listening and playing along at home. 10th Street Hooligan. A colorless and a red. Goblin Rogue 2-1. When 10th Street Hooligan comes to play, if green was spent to play 10th Street Hooligan, destroy target artifact. So that's a way to destroy Chitter. But what is the problem? What is the big problem? And why did this tech eventually not stick and people played white instead? Because you think that's pretty cool, right? But it, there's a problem. And it's pretty cool because when I, I learned about it, I was like, oh, damn, you're right. I'm trying to work it out. I mean, this is, a, this is it's not easy. Like, you have to play a tiger, right? No, no. You, like, let's say you have the mana available. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you, and you cast it and your opponent has a GTA online, uh, has a GTA in play. And yeah. that, there can, there's potentially the risk of failing, basically. There's a, there, there are situations where you have this card and all the mana to play it and they have Chitter and you literally can't kill Chitter with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's kind of like an anime character. Yeah, like you. That, yeah that kind of blows my mind. Um. <laughs> okay, here's the problem. You play the card Goblin Warchief. All of a sudden, Tin Screen Tooligan only costs you a single red. You literally oh, can't play a green mana to cast it. Oh, <laughs> that is so cute, though. That is such a cute answer. That would have taken me a long time. <laughs> but that, but this, this is really like Goblin esque. Fin I, I think because like goblins are like they 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 kind of do like they kind of mess around with each other and you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just noticed that because I thought like oh that's so cool like we can play it like on the same color and like for goblin we can tutor for it and then like all the goblin players at my local meta were like yeah but have you seen Warchief like doesn't play along very well and I was like hey, oh, I don't, don't get it like oh yeah <laughs> it's cool it's very cool yeah. Very nice. So, Very yeah, sick. the White Splash was pretty common back then. I was on the sideboard for Armageddon and stuff, so you would basically, dude. like, still win the game with, like, Wilds and the bot dude, presence here. Tom, Tom doesn't only play three Armageddons, he plays three Armageddons and one Ravages of War. <laughs> yeah, as you do. I bet that was very expensive back then as well. It was literally the most oh, expensive God. card in Legacy. Yeah. It was dude, like, around 125 euros back then, at least in Europe, in Germany. Like, right. split, dude, splitting up Pyroblast is like for pussies, really. Like, <laughs> splitting up your Armageddon is like for real, man. Just so you don't get meddling maged. It should be like two ravages. Come, come on, Tom. <laughs> I remember seeing the card back then and somebody played it in Munich and I was like, whoa, this person must be very expensive. Uh, very, very rich. Rich, yeah. I've yeah, got a question for you guys. There is also okay. three pyrotechnics in the sideboard. Do you think it's yeah, going to be pyrokinesis? Yeah, that's probably wrong. Probably I'm pretty sure that's pyrokinesis. Like, we're not yeah. paying five mana to deal for damage. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just just checking. I mean, pyrokinesis yeah. goes face. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he talked to Ben Goodman before the tournament. Like, okay, well, like, <laughs> you both have, like, three slots on our sideboard. We really want to play, like, the dumbest card. I will not take this Ben Goodman slander. I was going to say, okay. like, Ben Goblin has more GP top eights than Callum and I combined. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then uh, your usual stuff, like Pithing Needle, one of the biggest sideboard cards in, in like, the format at that time, uh, Disenchant, and, yeah, this is, this is pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. This is what mm -hmm. you call the Goblin deck. Also, copy, uh, well, three copies of Faceland, I guess. And no copies of Reshade and Port. Oh, yeah, I guess if he splashed, that wasn't as popular back then. Also, only 22 lands. I thought Goblins played 24 lands back then, but I could be wrong. Both of these top eights have 22. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe at my time, people played my, like, when I came into Back it, in like, a year or two later. <laughs> yeah, a year or two later. Also, maybe just, I don't remember. Okay, so let's say 22 lands. Only three copies of Wasteland, but yeah, you already mentioned, right, how the, the Threshold decks, they didn't really play Wasteland. I mean, it makes a lot more sense when you think about that they 
were more mid-rangey. They didn't try to temper you out with their, like, mm. Mystic Enforcer, which came on, like, I don't know, turn 7 or something. It's funny because it's it's a very similar list to what people play in pre-modern. I've played it. And for me, Port has been, like, 10 times better than Wasteland. So it's, it's just interesting to see here. Yeah, especially when people play, like, so many basic lands, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like yeah. so, so much easier to cut them off a color or something, and then they they will never cast their knight of the holy nimbus or whatever it's called. Yeah, pokey pokey. There's, there's knight of the holy pokey pokey where you have to t- make a dance or something, and then <laughs> something happens. Yeah, that's in the top eight as well, right? Close, like probably in <laughs> Pro- the <right> place, <laughs> probably in the sideboard. Yeah, <laughs> mist on breakers. <laughs> so yeah, now we come. Uh, we actually we arrive at the finals here, and the finals was pretty cool. The finals was Chris Picuda on his signature deck, uh, that guy Ale, yes. against Jonathan Sonner on Goblins. Do we do we want to mm-hmm. go through like what the coverage actually like has in store for us, guys? Yeah, we could touch oh, on like please. the the best bits at least because we I think we should link it in the show notes because oh, it's, it's well it. worth to like have a look yourself and look at the pictures and it's it's so endearing. It, I I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, they start off with the first game, game one. Chris shrugged and kept his opening hand. Duress. <laughs> there are only four targets in my deck. What am I supposed to do? Not do this. <laughs> I love it. It's just so good. I mean, a few lines later, he then uses duress to curse scroll and hit it. So yeah, there's, there's a reason. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Loving it. But yeah. So yeah, you you got to read all of this. Uh, a lot of like favorite cards uh, of of basically the history of legacy. Like Chun starts with mock fanatic, then then Tukushek comes down Chris's side of the board. Piledriver comes along. This is just like Jared's verdict, discarding Siege Gang and Piledriver, Curse Scroll, taking out something. Chris, is... Chris tried Jared's verdict. You're getting some good ones and nabbed Siege Gang and another Piledriver. Let's go. <laughs> oh, and then the part about like forgetting to attack. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I lost a- somebody who forgot to attack and find himself a GP. <laughs> and then later she was like, come on, Sona, 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 chanted Antonino De Rosa from somewhere behind the crowded rail. Chris made a pouty face and hollered back, he already lost, even though it was the opposite of true. <laughs> I love it. Dude, that, that coverage is great. So definitely yeah. check it out. Should we, should we take a look at the deck lists maybe here? Yeah. So most people, they, they've heard of that guy, Ale, right? That was this kind of cool homebrew that's, that Chris brought to the tournament. 23 lands, 4 scrublands, 4 wastelands, 10 swamps, 4 mm. bloodstained mire, 1 tainted field, which I think taps for like black and no, no colorless. And when you control a swamp, it taps for it's either a white or yeah. it's a scrubland if you control yeah. a swamp. Otherwise, it's a, yeah. it's a what's it called? waste yeah it's pretty mm-hmm. terrible but i uh, guess i'm surprised yeah. it's not just a couple more like polluted deltas here but hey chris is a legend not me <laughs> it's, so. cool. it's cool <laughs> yeah so for creatures we got four dark confidence four hypnotic specter dude gotta love it like making top eight of the of a cheap with hypnotic specter that's always a special award three copies of an antuko shade yeah this and is that's just, the creature suite this is like be still be still my beating heart what a such a cool creature suite it is, right? It's so cool. <laughs> I'm going to cry. It's so cool. <laughs> we got four copies of Dark Ritual to especially get that really cool turn one hippie start, I guess. Four copies of Duress, which only hits, I guess, Etherby against Goblets. Two copies of Jared's Verdict. Four copies of Him to Torach. Four copies of Sinkhole. Four copies of Windicate. Like, we are really Let's going hard go. on the lands here. <laughs> Two copies of Curse Scroll, which I guess gives you some kind of inevitability, kind of. 
And then two main deck copies of Engineered Plague. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. In the sideboard, we got two copies of Dark Blast. Another thing to to like play around Lucky forever. I guess two more copies of Engineered Plague. Two copies of Phyrexian Negator. I would guess that's against yeah. like combo or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. K- kind of. Or like control even. I don't know. Like it's, Maybe it's like control that only has source of plashes. Something like that. You, pro- mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't bring it in against Drifter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three copies of Sideboard All-Star, Pithing Needle. We just can't get mm-hmm. rid of it. Two copies of Sorts to Plowshares. I just didn't... Actually, didn't notice that it's not even the main deck. Mm. Well, the the, the the main deck is is, is like eighty percent black cards, right? That's true. At this point, like there there are only four scrub lands and one tainted field, and I guess four fetch lands. But yeah, mm-hmm. and so, then four copies of Without Wretch. For me, that was like a, uh, an extended all start. This time. is the old scavenging news. Oh yeah, this is scavenging news yeah. before scavenging news was cool. Actually, this yeah. card was also like really cool. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's two I mean, black, two two zombie cleric. Uh, pay one colorless, remove target card in a graveyard from the game. I still have copies of these that I opened in boosters back in the day. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I played a lot of this, like, in my extended days. Yeah. There's also another really cool quote in the in it where it says... Oh, where is it? He goes... Oh, it's about they, they both, like, compare how many lands they've killed or something. <laughs> Uh, they goes. I've destroyed some lands this weekend," said Chris as the two players looked over each other's deck lists. "I've destroyed my fair share, but I would venture you have destroyed more than me." <laughs> it's just Chris's deck just kills so many lands. <laughs> this is this is just like the kind of deck that people to this day still try to make work, but can't really, right? But mm-hmm. there, there's almost like every reasonably big tournament, people are trying to make this this kind of deck work. But what if we just play this through a legacy league? Oh, dude, Kai, do you want to stream that on Wednesday? <laughs> Come on, do it. God damn it. <laughs> Let's get him. I do reckon it. you can win, like, I'm going to say you could 2-3 with this. Honestly, you could get I... a 2-3 with this. Just because, like, you have him, Dark Ritual, that kind of stuff. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you I mean, there's, there's a lot of very good cards to Yeah, we can maybe win two games, maybe, yeah, <laughs> ah. against a no-show. All right, you, you've given up already. You uh, no, 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 but, you know... But no, no, no. I, um, I'm, I'm trying to think. Like you know, I, um, I, a part of me wants to play a deck. I, I don't know which which deck, but like something with like a dedicated sideboard cards in the main deck already. Like those <laughs> like mainboard engine plagues or like the what was it the the um, pro- circle of protection red I think <laughs> or like Piffney, like like those those are like real statements. Like mm-hmm. what if you what if you played engineered plague main deck to name orc for example. Yeah. What if you just play a deck of all cyborg heavy hitters and hope they line up well? I know, and you play your threats in the, in the cyborg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or cyborg nimble mongoose. Oh, yeah. good, dude. Let's go. Like, like, you catch all cards on the sideboard and you bring them in and take out, like, the stuff that doesn't work, like the, the super dedicated hate cards that you got yeah. in the main. Like, it's it's bizarre word. Francis yeah. and I were talking on the weekend about playing, like, black-white Rip Helm, basically, <laughs> in this metagame. Which is kind of just cyber cards. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you can do that. Yeah, but Did man, black, like, r- black, white, rip helm. Is that also with Besiege the Queen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The mirror. <laughs> so you just play like enlightened tutors and rest in pieces mm. and leyline in the voids and helms and like incendiary bridges and all that crap. And mm. yeah, besiege. Would have been really good back then, I would guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. Damn. All right, we'll get Kai to play this. Sweet. Oh god. We're, we're definitely like we'll make it happen somehow. <laughs> By the way, this is um we already mentioned 
Chris got second place. And if I remember reading the coverage correctly, I think that was his third GP finals loss in a row at that point. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, it happens. <laughs> Still very much remembered and beloved to this day as one of the coolest players. So, but this tournament, Jonathan Sonne actually took the crown playing goblins, as we already mentioned. And this one... Uh, it's pretty straightforward, right? Four copies of Port, four copies of Wasteland. All the four-offs like Incinerator, Lackey, Matron, Piledriver, Ringleader, Warchief, Mock Fanatic, and then your... Yeah, he's not messing around with the swords and stuff. There's like three Siege Gang Commanders. No Kiki, but like, this is just really, really Goblins, Goblins. Goblin Tinkerer, Scotch, uh, Skog Prospector. By the way, some really cool interaction. Like, I, I love telling these random stories. You know what Goblin Tinkerer does to to Darkseid Colossus? Uh, let me read it again. Yeah, no, you you don't want to have Darkseid Colossus against a deck that has Goblin Tinkerer. No, because it's just tap, deal eleven damage. Yeah, destroy target artifact, and then it deals eleven damage to them, and like that, the artifact <laughs> stays around. Again. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's really cool. I'm lo- loving that. So I guess that's one one of the silver bullets he's got. He's also got sharpshooter. You man- mentioned skirk prospector. Mm-hmm. Sometimes enables some broken stuff. But overall, like the main deck, very straightforward. Yeah. Cyport second copy of Goblin Tinkerer for Pithing Needle once again. Like people hated activated abilities for passion back then. <laughs> I mean, Goblin Tinkerer has got to be shut down. <laughs> <laughs> then three copies of Price of Progress. Um, why, where do we want that? I mean, there was a land stack around, but it's not something you would account for. Was it like expirations and Horn of Greeds and stuff? Uh, that, that was, that was, um, was if you say Horn of Greed and expirations, that's uh, Turbo Land, which played yeah. like Walk the Aeons with like flashback for infinite turns and stuff. Nice. But there was like a deck that was more like Mana Bond. Like it also had expiration, but basically the okay. idea was to put in um, a bunch of like treetop villages and, and monasteries, factories. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was like a lot more aggressive. Yeah. A lot, lot more aggressive. <laughs> It's kind of weird when you look at it. Yeah. They're like, oh, three job voyage attack you on the second turn for three. Here we go. Strong stuff. <laughs> You've got uh, four copies of Pyrokinesis, uh, Pyrokinesis, one copy of Siege Gang Commander, and then the two best to last. Patreon- huh? The best, best for last. last. Very yeah. much the best for last. Uh, this is one of my favorite like stories where I'm like, dude, did you know which card actually won a Legacy GP? And yeah, it's Patreon of the Aki. Two copies of Patreon of the Aki. If you don't know what it does, I don't blame you. I didn't know either before I like I first saw this deck. Goblins fans are shaking their since. heads right now. Yeah. It's a leg- legendary creature spirit. Four colorless and two red. Five, five. When Goblin, uh, when Patreon of the Aki attacks, creatures you control get plus two, plus zero until end of turn. So you're thinking, why the fuck are we playing this? Except for like the gorgeous artwork, which is like, I'm not even sure what's going on there. <laughs> Uh, okay, no, no I'm, I'm looking too deep into the artwork and it's doing weird things to me. Anyway, so there's it has Goblin Offering and I don't want to read the minor text. It basically allows you to sacrifice Goblins or something. I guess I have to read the reminder text if you guys don't remember what it does. Okay, you may cast this card anytime you could cast an instant by sacrificing Goblins and paying the difference in mana cost between this and the sacrificed Goblin. Mana cost includes color. The instant bit gets me. Like I don't understand that at all. But yeah, that was actually unexpected. I didn't remember that it was yeah, instant. Yeah, yeah. So I guess if they like play a removal spell or like they play an injured plague, you just flash in a patron in response. <laughs> it's so sick. Also, there are three copies of Siege King Commander in the main deck. Like if um, once you once you're out of gas, maybe you you, you can convert the the Siege King Commander into Patreon of the Aki, maybe. <laughs> 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 I guess. <laughs> 
but <laughs> I, so I think cool. more than any more than anything it, this is probably just like a, a solid answer to all these like uh, engineered plague that's kind, kind of for, cards yeah. maybe right just to have something really like beefy on the on the battlefield in game two of the finals uh chris has uh engineered plague down and uh, chris, uh what's it called sonic that's just like three right no game three i think he lost with it uh, maybe you're right maybe you're right but he just slams six mana and plays patient of the aki yeah i think that's game three is it yeah you're right you're right sorry yeah, game three, just six mana, picture of the Aki, hit you, hit you. But game three is especially weird, right? Because basically the way it starts out is Chris goes for turn one, Engineered uh, Plague. Mm -hmm. And then the other guy, Sonnet, doesn't really do anything. Kills the Lucky, but then yeah, does nothing. Well, yeah, and, and Chris has like a Dark Blast and like, keeps stretching Dark Blast, but doesn't hit a second land drop. Like he kills a bunch of creatures, but mm -hmm. never makes a second land drop. And eventually the other guy just goes like, Patron of the Aki, kill you. <laughs> That's a tough way to go. It's just like, this kind of so weird. Uh, it's just like, okay, what do I, like, I have these synergies. What do I, what else do I want? I want a six mana 5-5 five five that I can also like, I guess, instant speed and, and like have some kind of synergy there. This is, this is such a weird card to me. Yeah. But I love that it actually won the tournament. Absolutely. Guys, what do, we, what do you have played back then? Like if you were playing, if you were in 2005 in, uh, I think November it says, at Philadelphia, you had any card of any deck available. What are you playing? If I or if I could like see this top eight, obviously not know what was good and stuff. I think what would appeal to me the most would be uh, Dead Guy for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Just oh, hippie mm -hmm. and dark confident and Nanticu Shade are just so cool to me. So yeah, yeah. I would definitely go with Nimble Mongoose. I I cannot pass <laughs> on Nimble Mongoose. Cyber domain deck. I probably like a three one split. <laughs> yeah, nice. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Julian? Well, I, I would probably go with Rock Diver. Oh, Rock Diver. Like Rock Threshold. Uh, kind of like you. I would kind of want to play Solidarity. I just don't know how whether I could really raise goblins. But I think there's like not a lot of hate for Solidarity in, mm. in all of these decks. I mean, uh, Abeyance, Maybe I would come take on. my chances. Yeah, but you, you like the decks that play Abeyance, they're usually not that fast. So like, I think I kind of want to play Solidarity, but... If I wasn't going to play Solidarity, I would play Rock Threshold for sure. I wonder if, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years from now, people are going to be like, this cheapy Bologna in 2019, did you see what people were playing back then? Holy <laughs> yeah, shit. Like, like, they played yeah, like, Baleful Strix? What the hell? <laughs> and, uh, fucking Oko and things. You know? Surgically in the sideboard? Holy shit, what the fuck is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Surgical main deck staple, everybody plays it main. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, guys, uh, anything else you want to want to touch on here, uh, other than like congratulations to all the players who made top eight. Uh, it's <laughs> it was a pleasure for us, like reviewing all of this. We I think I don't know if, if people enjoy this. I'd love to do more of these. Like maybe not like every other week or every other month, but at, at times. Like I, I really enjoy these this historic deep dives. Like we did, for example, when we looked at the first six or yeah. eight legacy bands. That was like an episode we mm -hmm. did like two years ago. That was very popular. So. People, if you like this, let us know on Twitter at EternalMTG. Let us know on everyday-eternal.com, the website that's basically coming out any day now. Uh, or just send us send us an email at, what's it, what, is, what is it? Like, julian at everyday-eternal.com. <laughs> I still want a better domain, but all, like, you know what, what's the problem with eternal domains? They're all taken by some kind of Christian organization. Literally, uh, I looked it up. Like any kind of variation that you can do with Eternal, Eternal MTG, like they all belong to either some like domain hoarder or some kind of, there's like this Christian guy, this, I don't know, 
priest who owns eternal something that's related to us that would also be a really good domain for us but he also like uses it for but he doesn't really use it okay that there goes my rant like we talked about christianity at the beginning of this podcast where kai <laughs> just faked his way in and yeah. now they're taking away our domain names so what can you do <laughs> but yeah. yeah everyday minus eternal.com remember that one cool i'll try my best awesome so if you want to support us in any other way you can also leave a review on apple podcasts or spotify holy shit guys we have like 75 star ratings on spotify i didn't even know only only 70 it's not good enough it's it's actually insane like it's way more than (laughs) i mean it's also like pretty easy to do like a a rating on spotify i think it's a lot harder on apple podcasts so that's 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 the other side of it but but yeah i i love it so much like seriously people i i have some service that aggregates all of our um reviews and ratings and it's just like through the roof thank you so much for that and of course you can support us on patreon uh we are still working on reworking the whole patreon structure we uh, i guess have more news on that on one of the upcoming episodes or something but still not fully decided but yeah just to to be aware of that and with that shout outs to everybody supporting us shout outs to everybody playing in legacy gps i was going to say to this day whoever played in a legacy gp or wants to play in one it's a lot of fun we just keep doing these things and guys help me out what are you up to um now that we conclude i'm gonna build goblins to probably play tomorrow evening at my local oh tuesday night right yeah like i can't decide to go like muxus and mind goblin or like classic goblins (laughs) dude mind goblin has destroyed me like so hard like i literally for a moment i was like is this card like bugged because it kept rolling a 19 on magic online i was like (laughs) Can, can this card do anything other than like make five mana every time nope. or six mana even yeah kai, kai what are you up to like you're you're already preparing your dead guy ale for for wednesday uh, right i a hundred percent i hundred percent yeah like um i'm not the biggest dark confident myself uh dark confident fan <laughs> but you're not but, the biggest dark confident. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but a nantuko shade really really hits different like nantuko shade has um i, I, I was uh, i was a kid back then when when this card um you know when quote unquote viral and um when it was viable <laughs> <laughs> okay cool so yeah for me i'm still in between chops i'm gonna figure out a bunch of stuff about the podcast and with that we're gonna see you again next month in october and everybody have a good time try out your own favorite decks from back then maybe maybe we have some kind of like 2005 legacy league again and with that see you everybody bye 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 everyone see ya.